and welcome to episode 29 of the RF Generation Playcast. This is Ghost 81 and in this episode we'll be discussing our games for August of 2016. On this episode we're taking on two classics on the NES. We're joined by Duke Togo from the RF Generation Collector Cast to discuss The Legend of Zelda and Jaws. Both games contain elements that were innovative for their time, and we'll look beyond the positive and negative hype to parse out what actually makes both of these titles important. Please remember to subscribe to us on YouTube, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. You can listen to the show on iTunes and Podbean. As always, don't forget to log on to rfgeneration.com to join our playthroughs and discuss the incredible games we play together. Thank you as always for listening, and now, on with the Playcast. start or are we just so. rolling right into this thing i think so whoa i read bulls so. yeah wow Chris now Crimson. that you just gave us the explicit tag yeah, let's <laughs> thanks <go for> it. <laughs> well i mean i hope somebody's gonna edit this <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna put that at the end <laughs> <laughs> just big bleep i could do that for a minute if you want me just to you know if you want just one gigantic beep at the end yeah so what's uh everyone been up to lately anything anything cool this way we have to raise our hand first sure <laughs> say north uh, south oh yeah um i you know besides working my tail off and stuff uh today i went and pick up a game lot for you know off the guy i don't know you guys have probably heard on the show there's the guy that just sells me stuff all the time yes text, text messaged me out of the blue random consoles uh, yeah yeah, so he had a lot today, and I uh, went out there to pick him up because he just had sent me a message, and he like lives not too far from my mom. He's mm-hmm. like, "Hey, you're around? Like, yeah, like right beside you." Cool. So, uh, not literally, but you know, I so I went over there and uh, picked up a lot. I think for a decent price, NES, some games. But in there, I got uh, there was a Street Fighter Alpha Two for Super oh. Nintendo. Okay, which is awesome. I actually think I'll keep that one for myself. Thank you very much. And a Pokemon's Blue. Oh. So, okay. Slap a baby in that puppy and sell that quick. Sucker. Sell it quick. Yeah, before all the hype is drained yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. These things are going for like fifty, fifty-five bucks now. It's, it's are you still doing this stupid Pokemon Go thing? I am. I'm still Whoa, stupid. And take it easy, man. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> no. This is a, this is a my show, so I can just rag all over you guys. Damn, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I take really, it you're so still you doing still, this, Sean. You Sean, guys are still into it then. No, I, I actually have not been playing a ton. I've been at level 14 for like the past like four weeks. I think I might have said the last time we were on the air about the 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 second anime convention I went to where the, the kids there were much more receptive to Pokemon Go and everybody was really into it as opposed to the first anime convention I yeah. went to where everybody was poo-pooing it. But that was really like the last time I was like really into it. And I like I fire it up here and there and just kind of look at what's going on. But I don't see any lures near me or anything going on Mm. lately. And I've been at the same level forever. And I think Niantic kind of ruined the game. But 
I feel like that, like it almost warrants like a follow up podcast to the show we did because it's it's heartbreaking, honestly. The 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 passion. If if you listen to the episode that me and Rich did with and and Floyd was on it, but he got cut off for technical difficulties. But like, what was going on at the time was like I really felt it in my heart. It was such an amazing thing, and now it's just like, oh, Niantic killed it. It's over. It's ma- it was you know magic. I mean? Like it was magic yeah, for a moment. It was it was magic, but now you, it's I don't you can know. Be straight with me, right? It's it's just it's stupid, right? No, no, <laughs> it's fun. I like it. You know, I still I, play I, every I, day. It's I, not I'm as stupid kidding. as Dark Souls, but I mean, that's pretty stupid. It's pretty stupid. I've stupid enough for me to lose a lot of my life to it. Yes, I agree. I um, I still play every day because I, you know, I go on walks at work, and so I just have it on when I'm going on walks, and it's no, just I, something neat to do while I'm exercising. You know. No, I just give a lot of crap. I've got some friends that still play, yeah, and I just give yeah. them hell about it. But no, I really don't carry the way. Fun, fun. Funny story. I um, well, this isn't funny. I went to a funeral yesterday, but after the funeral, the wife and I went to go get uh, drinks and lunch, and um, we're sitting outside having some beers, and realized that the place we were eating at had a poker stop. And somebody had thrown up a lure, and uh, she had her phone, which my son uses, and my daughter uses mine to play, and um, we call him like a Taros. Like right there, somebody had thrown up a lure, and like it, it was so awesome this morning because we caught all we caught a Taros and like a Geo dude and some stuff that's kind of tough to catch. And we put it on the phone and we didn't tell him what we caught. We're just like, oh, you know, nonchalantly, like we caught some Pokemon for you, you know, yesterday. And he's like, oh, okay, and he's scrolling through it and he just lost his mind today. And that that was cool, you know. So now, Floyd, you don't do this thing, right? You know what? I gave up on it. Okay. I um I got to level seven and you know I just thought this is there's nothing to this like there's you, nothing left in it for me. You can admit it, right? It's it's stupid. Yeah, <laughs> I'll give it up. I'll stop. I'll stop. I um I got a um, where do we find this guy? Rich? What's, <laughs> I what's don't know. It's some scrub. <laughs> send him. Send him back. This is what happens when you invite people on your show. This is what happens when Krabby's not here to make me f- not nice. Yeah, and if you don't know, if you're listening right now, if you don't know, this is, uh, of course, Duke Togo from the Collector Cast and a fellow RF Jenner. Um, we uh, are lucky to have him on the show. He was kind enough to uh, come on and talk with us about Jaws and Zelda. So, uh, And uh, just received a package from Duke the other day. Oh, it got there. It Good did. Deal. It Good did. Deal. It did. Um, a backup Game Boy, uh, which y- you need to, you know, and my kids are kind of getting into the handheld stuff now, so I thought it would be nice to have a second original Game Boy and a copy of Valkyrie Profile on uh, the uh, PlayStation. So, mm. uh, <laughs> I knew what that was coming. <laughs> what? Wow. I knew that was coming. Did you really? <laughs> I knew. I Just as soon as that left your lips, we were yeah. here. Yeah. That here, is like this the is a- last... PS1 what? game like I could I could I have a long PS1 like wants list but Valkyrie profile like if I got that I'd be done like I'm good hmm. let me just say this all right good price say, you guys still use the uh, other like the other chat app right yes so you get get them on the one we use and then he could have had a good shot at it oh, right? okay I'll put them on there you definitely should be on this with us yeah all right. Yeah, Floyd's on there. Um, I am on there. I don't never do use anything never on there, but I'm, I'm there. <laughs> he's there. But yeah, we'll we to, check and see if he's got a pulse from time to time. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to put you on the the other chap app. Chap app. 
Floyd's <laughs> busy out, like, burning up the roadway, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. Has it been good motorcycle riding weather, Floyd? Has been. Has been uh, great weather up here. It's, uh, that's what I've been doing a lot of. Hmm. That and uh, Zelda and Jaws. <laughs> Don't sound so excited. <laughs> Uh, my uh, my son turned the nerd corner today. He um, uh oh, yep. Um, <laughs> that's what I was about to say. Like, he, he, I I don't know. I don't know how to take that because you don't sound you don't sound happy. You no, don't I'm sound... very happy about it. I'm very happy. <laughs> about it. Are you seeking treatment? Or? Yeah. Well, no. He's well. He is seeking treatment from uh, Doctor Banana, um, and um, he was being like really grumpy today. And my wife was like, "He's getting on my nerves." And I'm like, "I got to just the thing." And so. He's really been into Kirby lately. He loves Kirby. He and a buddy like nice. went to GameStop and he was playing it on the 3DS. And so I popped out my um, Game Boy Advance and my Kirby game. And I was like, just go in your room and lay on the bed and just relax and just here play this. Literally, he played it for three hours straight. I mean, just nice. just loves it. So uh, I think I've got the boy into gaming. Uh, the daughter, that's I think, maybe a That's Alonso such a calls. good gateway into gaming. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fairly simple, you know. I mean, I remember mm-hmm. playing the... You know the Nintendo version and the um, the Game Boy version, beating them the first day I played them. They're not hard games at all, you know. So, so I think it's very kid friendly. It's cute, and uh, you know, um, I taught him how to like you know suck up enemies and push down and you know steal their powers, and he was like, "Whoa!" So <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yeah, it's a fun yeah, one. Yeah. Anybody else been up to anything lately? So, Rich, I think you we messaged about the game rooms that I've been setting up. Oh, yes. At, at yeah. Professionally I hear about and personally, and I thought oh. we could talk about that. Absolutely. Oh, I didn't know there were professional game room setups. <laughs> yeah, how professional is this getting? I well, am intrigued. He's, uh, the man, was like, I'm, I'm setting up my third game room. I'm like, what? house? <laughs> <laughs> well, so, first of all, I, I, I work in a warehouse, and we... Uh, a couple co-workers of mine and myself, we set up this like living room in the warehouse and I went to a thrift store and I bought a $2 tube television, a tiny little like 10 inch tube television <laughs> and got uh, like, a, I, I actually had an Atari plug and play that was floating around in my like, you know, bins that I just grabbed and brought to work. And now we have a little living room in our warehouse so that's kind of (laughs) cool but then i realized that kind of got the wheels turning for the room that i'm in right now which is the room that i podcast in which um you know my wife and i are like really fortunate to live in the house that we do we kind of found it uh very cheaply in the area that it's in it's kind of amazing i don't know if the owner's like asleep on it or whatever but it's really big house and I'm in this room and it was kind of like a glorified closet for a while. Like our computer was in here and I was just like p- paying the bills and throwing them on the floor kind of thing. And like <laughs> I had a guitar sitting here that you guys have heard on the show oh, before. Yeah. We've heard the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought like, well, I have this like entertainment center that's sitting in the garage from our apartment and I found this thrift store that sells $2 TVs that I bought one for work. Like, why don't I just go get a TV and set up some of the consoles that I don't play? Like, for example, I don't have an N64 hooked up anywhere. So I was like, oh, I could hook up an N64 to a tube TV and just have it in this 
extra bedroom that we have. Does anyone so. have an N64 hooked up anywhere? <laughs> hey. No. Sorry. What do, you, what do you think, buddy? So this is a room like second to your projector room, right? Yeah, so I mean Okay, cool, man. Well, that's the thing. It's like my third and Rich said before, like it's my third game room, which is kind <laughs> of like it's ridiculous and it's so like it's an addiction. Yeah, it's crazy. And I said like it's hashtag overkill, but in a way, it's just like it's really nostalgic to me for when I was a kid and I had like a little like garbage picked TV in my parents' basement and I had my like Atari Jaguar hooked up to it and a Super (laughs) Nintendo or whatever. So that's kind of what I'm living now. Like I have my N64, a Dreamcast, um, and an original Xbox hooked up to this little 20-inch Panasonic tube TV, and it's it's really cool, actually. You're starting to sound like it. a collector again. No, <laughs> you're doing it. Maybe right. yeah. actually, what I'm doing is like fishing out all the stuff that I have, like yeah. just sitting in closets and just using it, yeah. and that's kind of fulfilling. That makes you, know you appreciate I mean? it more, you know. Yeah, it really yeah, does. Exactly. It really does. I mean, you know, I've got I've got my game room, you know, and just being around it all the time and all the stuff and being able to flip a switch and play like any system I want because I've got like these three boxes on top of my TV. I can just push a button on one and like that system turns on, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just being able to do that is, and having that access to it, it's, it makes me appreciate it more and enjoy it more. So, um, anyway, anybody else? Things have been, uh, pretty quiet up here, but I did pick up, um, Virtue's Last Reward and Tokyo Mirage Sessions oh, FE. okay. So... It's kind of been uh, the highlight of the month for me. Okay, cool. Yeah, Krabby's been talking a lot about that Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Oh, yeah, he is deep. At least he was last time I talked to him. I don't know if he's finished it up by now, but... I want to get a Wii I wouldn't be surprised if he has. Yeah. Have you you started on that, Floyd? No. No, I haven't. Um, It's really hard to start stuff when when we've got this going on. (laughs) But... uh, (laughs) You know, it's it's definitely I like it's something that I'm definitely gonna play. Yeah, good. Jaws is just Sooner. too good. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I was gonna say, dude, I've already it. played Lego Batman on two different platforms. <laughs> wow. so. Yeah, yes. I haven't even started yet. I mean, it's only what the uh, fourth day into the month, so you know, I got an excuse. But yeah, that's that's crazy, man, that you've already done that. So. No, I do want to play that. I, I was actually looking at Amazon today on uh, at for that Tokyo Mirage uh, Sessions FE yeah. and debating like, damn, do I need a Wii U to play this game? Because I love Fire Emblem so much. I love Persona so much. Like, yes, oh, you do need a damn, Wii U. I need this game, but I don't have a Wii U. Like, yeah. Time to buy one. It, it probably is probably the best time to buy one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. NX is right around the corner, so that means Wii U is probably going to be like dirt cheap. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, there's a few games I wouldn't mind checking out on the Wii U. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Want to throw that money around? I'm gonna have to wait for it to pop up at a flea market. I think before I make that purchase. Oh, that's gonna be the worst. Like yeah. you know, by the time those things hit flea markets, all the game pads are gonna be like busted or gone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not so worried about game pads. You can probably uh, get you those. Actually, yeah. want to play the games? Or yeah. No. Well, <laughs> you have to have a game pad. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. Yeah, it's not like the old systems, is it? You can't just have like, nope. a little controller. It is no, you kind of need that gamepad to, to have get everything up and running. That's true. Yeah. Right. Uh, didn't think about that. I did grab. I, I I know we're not going to talk about like small scores here, but I was I, I've been thrifting a lot with my wife lately. This is our show. We can talk about whatever we want. Hell yeah! <laughs> small <laughs> scores. Our too. generation small scores. <laughs> no, I've been wife. I've been thrifting with my wife a lot lately, and there's a few really good thrift stores. There's there's three like really decent ones within. Uh, you know, a five minute drive from our house. And uh, recently I've grabbed um, Godzilla Save the Earth mm-hmm. for the original Xbox uh, for five bucks. And awesome. that was a good find that I've been looking for forever because I love Godzilla. Yeah, them Godzilla the, games ain't cheap. Yeah, yeah, no, that's pretty collectible subgenre of any system. So, and I love Godzilla, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm into those anyway. So, and then I found a, um, we have Savers down here, which is, which is awesome. Um, and Savers was a, a chain that I had seen like on the internet a lot, uh, like from people in California, mm-hmm. but we have them here in Austin yep. and they're pretty amazing. <laughs> and I actually found a, a Sega Saturn for $3 and 99 cents. Awesome. <laughs> and it had, it has awesome. everything you need. No, it actually was a console only, but that's fine because I have all for the, that price. Why not? Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. I just grabbed it. I said, I told my wife, if it doesn't work, I don't care. That's four bucks. I like yeah. got to take a chance. Cares? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this, I grabbed my Saturn it right in front of me. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And it happened that it did work fully working condition. So there you go. Did you have one before you had one already? Didn't you? Uh, yeah, I actually have two. So that's my third. <laughs> <laughs> It's no, but my, <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Oh, I'm not. I'm not knocking him. I just wondered if he had one. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm going to flip it. Like my first one is 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 modded. I think I've talked about this before. I have a modded one that plays backups, and my other one is like kind of a backup to that. And then now I have this third one, and I'm trying to decide whether to flip it or keep it. I don't know. Or put M and M's inside of it and just eat out of it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Let me, let me help you out. Bowl. I was in the exact same situation. I've got a modded one. I've got my original one. I came into another one. Flip that baby. Yeah. I might. I might. Yeah. Get you a copy of Valkyrie Profile. Yeah. Ooh. Totally. Salt in the wound, man. Salt, salt in the wound. <laughs> no, that's one of those games that, you know, there are these like unicorn games that you want so bad mm-hmm. that... Oh, I've heard of Valkyrie Profile. I've heard it's really good. But the, the salt in the wound, honestly, is that I played that game. The, I played the PSP port, and I adore that game. And I really want to own the PS1 version. Yeah. Like, I know I love that game, and I want to own the real thing. Well, get on the other app. If I see another one, I post all the time when I'm in stores. So yeah. We'll get you on there, cool. man. No, I'll, just, I will. I'll send you an email and throw you on there. You should be on that anyway. Um, But, um, yeah, I'm... Since I'm hosting the show, I'm gonna I'm gonna plug uh, I'm gonna plug something of mine. Um, I mentioned it on the last podcast, but I um, or it was mentioned on the last podcast. But uh, started a new podcast with the wife. We've got our first two episodes out, uh, and uh, it's a horror uh, show. And I think some of you've listened to it, so 
I've listened to both of them. They're, yeah, cool. they're good. I mean, show. I'm not a big horror genre fan, but I was familiar with some of the films. Yep. And here's my question. I've been waiting until I got on the show to ask sure. you. How on earth do you convince your wife to do something like this when you know you're going to be like seeing like TNA flicks all day long? <laughs> How do you convince your wife to do that? <laughs> you know, I, I guess, well, like, you know, the nudity and stuff. I mean, we've never had... a you know, a problem with that. She's never had a problem watching anything with, with something yeah, but like come that. On, it's, man. it's the horror is the, is the, the part oh. that's tougher for her mm-hmm. to watch. Um, and, um, you know, well, you heard the piranha, uh, podcast. I mean, you know, it, it, it just kind of rolls off her, you know, it's, it's just something you see in movies and it's not a big deal. Um, yeah. but, um, you know, the last film we watched, I'm not going to say what it is because we haven't released it yet, uh, but the last one we watched, she just like had her hands like over her eyes and like had her head turned to the side and was like, <laughs> all right, just tell me, tell me when it, tell me when it happens, tell me when it happens, tell me what, what's I going was... on. Uh, and so it, it's really, it's really funny um, just to, just to be a part of this, you know, but she, she loves it. I mean, she's having a blast with it and she's really loving recording and podcasting. It's a lot of fun. If you do a bonus episode, you guys really need to watch Event Horizon. Yes, I have that actually. I've never seen it. I don't think she's oh, seen it either. Oh, so scary. Yeah. Yeah. Um we there's there's a lot of films that we haven't seen and you know, if this does well, if we get through our 31 films and people like it, then I think we'll probably do it again like set up another draft and uh you know, watch some more. So, uh but uh, we're, we're taking some advice from our listeners. Um, we got a thread on rfgeneration.com that people can comment on. But uh, we're also at Twitter at she Hate Horror. That's the name of our show. And uh, also on Facebook. So if anybody wants to send us some questions. And you can find the show actually on iTunes and at Podbean at shehatehorror.podbean.com. So that's my little plug. So, But anyway, I'm glad you guys yeah, are enjoying uh- the show. I want to jump on that. I, I know that may sound like a shameless plug to our listeners who haven't heard it, but it is a top-notch well, thanks, podcast. Man. I with, appreciate like, it. Serious production values, like the editing is really good. You you know, you and your wife both have beautiful voices for for talking about these things, and it's a really cool perspective from both of you. So yeah, the the um, I think I told someone that the the premise is is we're not like we're not really like huge fans of horror films. We don't know like a ton of stuff about it. Anything that we come up with, we have to research on our own and it's just stuff that we find interesting. And you know, we're not like, I don't know how to say it, but you know, we're not scholars in the field or anything. We're just two people having fun watching horror films. And I think it like, like, Duke said, you know, he doesn't like horror films, but I think he finds some value in listening to it just because it's interesting, you know, and I think sure. that's what we're trying to do is have something that's just, just kind of fun that anybody can listen to, whether you like the subject or not, I think, you know, you can still enjoy the show, so. Well, I learned that um, if I really want to see some boobies, that I should watch Piranha. Yes, uh, Piranha 3D. <laughs> so. Yeah, there's some serious skin in that, yeah. <laughs> and here, can I, if I could make a small suggestion. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I want like a bell or something. So everybody, every time you guys get another drink, I want to hit the bell or something so I can keep track of how sloshed you guys are on the show. <laughs> I actually Man. don't drink on the That's show. That's the idea. funny thing. My my wife is the one who drinks on the show because she's so nervous. 
Yeah, uh, I just want to hear like ding. Okay, there's another one. All right, right. yeah, good. that that would be good. That's a good suggestion. We we actually took one of your suggestions, uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, we we didn't. Or we kind of talk about the random number generator, but uh, so boring. Yeah, uh, Duke sent me something. He's like, you should you should have a cool name for it. You should call it like the the Movie Tron Nine Thousand. You know that picks your your films. <laughs> and so we're we're going with that. And I actually found some sound effects for the uh, Movie Tron nice. Nine Thousand. So that's coming up. But uh, nice. I hope it's like really ancient '80s sound effects. Or uh, yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, the sci-fi, you know, uh, sound effects. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. That's exactly what was in my head. Yeah, yeah. And, and then like a little ding when the ticket pops out. Uh, like, oh, I can't it, find a sound effect for that, but I, I'm gonna have uh. to search a little harder. So, <laughs> but um, you know, anyway, uh, just moving right along. Uh, well, I, I do want to mention that um, I'm not gonna say what podcast it is, but um, Mr. Uh, Duke Togo and I have been invited to be on a fairly popular podcast. Oh, yeah, they've made the mistake. So they haven't <laughs> announced it yet, and so I'm going to keep it hush and, and mum as far as which one that is, but uh, that will be coming fairly soon, I think. People are dumb enough to keep asking me on these things, mm. and I'll just keep showing up yeah. so you guys will figure <laughs> it out. I'll show so. up. The shameless plugging of our show, so I'm, I'm always happy to show up. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. I'm just here to talk and have fun. Yeah. So, all right. Do we want to talk about Jaws? I mean, I know it's my week, but I feel like I should hand this over to Sean. Yeah, this is the Sean game, right? <laughs> oh, man. Jaws for the NES. It's like a gift <laughs> from, a me, from me to you. <laughs> from me to you, a gift. I'm going to let man, you. Let me, uh, let me tell you how much time I spent on Jaws. <laughs> was it about 10 minutes Chris <laughs> I think I invested about 20 I actually got a score of about like 130,000 wow That's I just kept, That's I just kept not killing Jaws to see what I could do eventually like a lot of sharks come after you <laughs> so yeah. like a lot yeah. of sharks they add up the jellyfish start moving sideways and oh yeah you're in deep really crap. Aggressive. yeah well that's the cool thing about this game and I, I i can't figure out where i have my nostalgia for this game i'm trying to remember and i think <laughs> like maybe one of my cousins had it when i was a kid like i really don't know but i freaking love this game like jaws for the nes is a great game and like i said that on the podcast like a couple months ago like very tongue-in-cheek like jaws is a good game yeah and then here we are playing it and i actually sat down and played it and beat it for the first time in my life and i was like holy crap this game is awesome like <laughs> i had so much fun with it so this is the first time you've ever beaten it yeah wow i didn't After know that playing it so much as a kid Wow. I didn't know what to do, so I watched that speed run and like that three minute and ten yeah. second speed run of it. So I was like, oh, that's what you have to do. And that's when I tweeted, like, here's my walkthrough, get shells, kill jaws. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll get there, but to me, like, the very last part was the hardest part. Like, the rest of it was pretty, you know. Oh, yeah. 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 Exactly. So it's kind of funny. So, like... The, um, I played Zelda and that was like my homework for this month like <laughs> like get through Zelda do the thing and then when I finally beat, beat Zelda I was so proud of myself I popped in Jaws and knowing what I knew from that speedrun video I beat it in like 10 minutes wow. and I was like oh my god I just beat Jaws <laughs> <laughs> happiest day of your life <laughs> so then I, I actually played through it again today but it, it took me about I don't know, like half an hour to 45 minutes. And I, I kind of 
dissected the game a little bit more or whatever you want to say like i i think this game is uh, you know honestly unfairly maligned i think this is a victim of the uh, the angry video game nerd i think this is a, vi- a victim of the ljn kind of thing like all the yeah. ljn games suck and that's for me that's not true jaws and friday the 13th being two of the the main games that i would mm-hmm, say mm-hmm. that that's totally unfounded um and i just think it's it's such a like it's just a cool game like you move around this overworld screen you have random encounters you have these like uh horizontal or yeah horizontal shooting things and you try to kill jaws and you have this like persistent main boss that comes through on the screens and um i i I just really like this game i don't know what else to say like it's a cool concept right and and i think it was so um different than what people were expecting Mm -hmm. and that's probably why it's got so much um just negative bias towards it yeah um i'm curious floyd is this the first time you've played the game it is okay cool yeah yeah i'm glad i'm just curious to hear your perspective on this um you know, like I, I like the the sort of overworld kind of thing you have going on, mm-hmm. and going from between the two ports to to level up. Um, but I think it's just um, there's not much to it, and I think right. that's what makes it so great. Yeah, yes, yeah, minimalist, yeah. right? Very minimal game, not a lot going on. And it's just sort of like a you know, plug it in, have fun, and you know, that's it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so I gotta say, for me, a turbo controller was kind of mandatory. I played it on my <laughs> oh, <yeah>. retro. <laughs> I played oh, yeah. it on my Retron Five, and the first time I beat it, I I got to level three, and I was able to beat the game. And then today, when I played it, I was on level eight, and just messing around. You know, it took me a while, but I was I was kind of trying to stretch it out, and. You know, then when I finally started to attack Jaws, it took me like a minute. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, I'm really curious for for Rich and Chris. Like uh, you guys are NES freaks and like veterans of this this system. Like, where does Jaws fall in for you guys? You want to maybe talk about the first time we ever played it? You know, that'd be a good yeah, place to start. Yeah, yeah maybe um, kind of what our Those history is people. with it. What do you What do you think, uh. Duke? <clears throat> Oh, uh, well, gosh, I remember renting this one like way back in the day. So when I was a kid, we written, would, uh, the old man. That's right. <laughs> represent. Um, but we would, uh, there was like a, a little home, you know, like, I don't know, like a little tiny r- video rental place, like mom and pop joint, like most places had back then. Right at the street uh, from the house is called the video corner. And mm-hmm. uh, you can imagine where it was situated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so we would, my, me and my friend would go there and they, it was a dollar game rental. And if you rented on a Saturday, they were closed on Sundays. Uh, so yeah, an extra day. So, yep. So of course, what did we do every Saturday? We'd go rent NES games and our parents were happy to give us the money because we'd shut up and leave them alone. So, you know, why wouldn't you do that? But I remember renting a lot of stinkers. Uh, Jaws at the time, I remember kind of being a little disappointed in, I think simply because it was so short. Uh, and yeah. when you rented a game and that's like all you're going to get to play all weekend, you're like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> what do I do? What do I do now? So um, I remember we rented it and played through it. 
Um, the hardest part back then, and I think it's pretty much about the same thing I'd say now, is the end. Is that the whole stupid timing to skewer Jaws? But mm-hmm. um, but I learned a lot of things this time around that I didn't remember from last time. Maybe because I just tried more stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm sure we can get to that. But yeah, it was it. Me and my friend Nathan, uh, we'd go down there every you know weekend, and he'd either stay at my house or I'd stay at his house. And I remember renting Jaws, and we of course played it probably more than we should have, but. Uh, yeah, it was all we had, so that's what we played. Yeah, first time I played Jaws. Um, I've I've talked about this event before, but I, I mentioned um, we had a soccer party one time. It was like a sleepover at a community center, and uh, during that sleepover, somebody brought like a small, like um, you know, ten inch TV and um, a Nintendo. And uh, two of the games I remember playing for the first time that night were Contra and Jaws. Those those were the two games, and um, you know I remember of course loving Contra. I mean, who you know doesn't love Contra? But um, you know Jaws was that game that was like it, it was a, a special challenge, especially being so young. And um, you know all the all the button mashing is as you mentioned. You know with the turbo needing a turbo control, it will wear your fingers out. I did not use a turbo controller, oh. but man, I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm telling that you, it hurts. Yeah. These old man fingers still got it, let me tell you. Oh, man. <laughs> I was so, glad to have the joy card. Uh, yeah, so that was the first time I played it, and um, I don't know. Um, it's just always kind of been a special game. It's one of those games I've bought several times and sold and you know, um, you know, throughout my life, and I always seem to find it you know, for a dollar, and I'm like, ah, it's Jaws. I should pick that up. I'd probably like to play that again, you know? I've probably... I don't know. I've probably owned this game five or six times. It's it's crazy, but it's just that type of game. You know, it kind of sticks with you. You know, um, and and that's why I love it. Uh, you know, just it, it attaches itself to very special memories, and you know, just it, it's kind of an aggravating game too. You know, and if uh, if you don't have a really good handle on the controls and the the s- sort of slipperiness of the controls, which we can talk about, um, but then um, you know, you're in for a a, a quick time, a quick game, you know? Is it just me, or I kind of felt like, and I guess I, you know, I still do, that Jaws is really kind of like a uh, uh, a souped-up 2600 game instead of like mm-hmm. an NES Sequest. game. Sequest. The screen, mm-hmm. the overall map is so small, and each thing is like one screen of fighting you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We we actually had a member mention that Jerry Greenwood. He, he compared it to Sequest yeah. on the okay. twenty six hundred, which is is very similar to that game. It's what it is. It's an underwater shooting game. Um, you know, and one you know, stationary screen stuff coming from left and right. So, I didn't have a chance to Google it, but I wanted to uh, search like one screen NES games, and just to pop to my mind, which would be Mario Brothers and Joust, and I think Tetris. And Tetris, but oh, yeah, that's tons. a puzzle game. Yeah. Like, Pro Wrestling, I mean, Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., almost all right. the early games. Yeah. So, I mean, like, we shouldn't sell Jaws short just because it's like a one-screen game as opposed to being like, a, you know, Life Force. Like, that was a real vertical shooter. Like, no. no I, like, or, I guess I didn't uh, mean to disparage it. I'm just saying that the style reminded me a lot of what you'd get in a 2600 game instead of what most NES games at the time were some kind of platform sure. scroller. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I agree. Very stylistically. I think, I think honestly, like, 
where it, it falls into that middle ground of it, is it either kind of ahead of its time or kind of just behind it, the times the, that's how unique this game is because I look at it as like whoa cool it has like an overworld map and like random encounters and leveling up it's almost like an RPG and it has like uh, you know these horizontal shooting components for the action you know encounters like I don't know. Like, it's you could argue it's behind the times, or you could argue it's ahead of its time. I, I don't know. Well, I mean, it's besides, got a lot of cool ideas going on, right? And they all yeah. kind of mash up together pretty nicely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Besides the end part, killing Jaws, I think it's a lot, a lot of fun. I could probably yeah. do without that end piece a little bit, but oh, I kind of like it. I think it's a nice little tack on. I mean. I don't know. There, there was always something special about the Jaws franchise and the Jaws films. There was always some special way that Jaws was um, was destroyed in those films. You know what I mean? And so I think it's kind of fitting that you know you're not just a diver with a harpoon gun that's down there, and you know after you get all of his energy down, he just floats to the bottom and dies. I feel like having that sort of ending is sort of indicative of um, sort of what was going on with the movies. You know what I mean? Because I know we've that's all what seen I thought Jaws, too. It's kind of yeah. like it's a nod to that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And I should and, and I should f- mention. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Sean. No, no. I was just gonna say real quick. The first time I beat it, I had like a, a like kind of trouble with like oh hitting the sonar and then stabbing him with the boat. But mm-hmm. then today when I played it, I got him on the first try, and I was like, oh, it's not that hard. No, it's so, easy <laughs> once you know what you're doing. When yeah, you're a exactly. kid, you're just mashing buttons. Exactly. You know. I know the first yep. time that I killed him, it had it was mere luck. It had to be. Because I would always press the strobe, and then I would press, you know, the stab button immediately. And you have to wait that second for him to flip over to that white belly, right? Yeah, you got to get him in the right, like, frame, or the right, like, tier. Because that whole thing is like a, um, what's the word? It's not like parallax scrolling, but it's like almost like phony 3D. Like, you have to get him right when he's up against the boat. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you have to get them in the right uh, tier of the whatever pixel. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and and then dead strobe on. them. Dead yeah, exactly. On. And and you have to be right in front of them to get them. But yeah, it's I, I agree with you, Rich, that if you just like sapped him of all his life energy and the game was over, that would not have been satisfying. You, ha- you need this like set mm-hmm. piece of, oh, you're in the boat. You're going to freaking get them now. Like. Yeah, I like it. I love this game. So good, so good. <laughs> Better than Zelda. <laughs> oh, I, I guess I just what I would pick on is that since it was a game of shooting, you have a score. Yeah, and once you beat the game, you can't see your ending score on screen, and there's no high score. There's no hmm. way to keep track oh. of your ending score at all. That's something it's, I didn't realize. That's, and that's the frustrating part. It's like, I get it. If you mm-hmm. want to have a story, right? Then yeah. just dump the score. Yeah. Well, a part of the score is, um, is every, is it 30,000? You get the mini sub, right? So, I mean, that's yes. a way to track whether you can get the mini sub or not. That's, that's sort of how that works, I would say. But, um, how um, do you even, how do you get the mini sub? The, the two times, both times I beat the game, I did it just with the diver. Oh, it just shows up on the screen. Yeah. You've never oh, had the okay. mini sub before? 
No, I yeah. all I would do is get the tracker and then just go back and forth until yeah. I was strong enough to yeah to oh, beat Jaws. You look around a little bit. Yeah, it it, okay. it it pops up in a few different places. You have to do a little bit of searching for it, but when you get it, it's awesome because um you you get to be inside of a female body massager, um and she. <laughs> <God, jumps. what? laughs> That's what it looks like. It does kind of look like that. It very much looks like that. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, Sean's like, I'm going to go find that mini sub now. <laughs> or, or it could look like a male appendage, I suppose. Sure. <laughs> it, it does shoot things. It does. <laughs> but I think if we're going to talk, though, really, the mini sub is great because it shoots much faster. Mm-hmm. Like your guy, diver guy, can only get so many bullets on screen at a time, right. whereas the mini sub... Like, is this constant stream of bullets that you can just pump out? It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, and it allows you well, to take two you have hits a as well. Turbo controller. Oh, yeah. I had it on turbo, <laughs> and you can just like just drill the crap out of Jaws with that thing. <laughs> yeah. It makes you faster, too. It's a little more mobile, um, a, a little easier streamlined, you know, as far as controlling. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's nice to have. It's not essential to have for the game, I would say, but. Um, you know, it's it's a neat little addition. Um, it's better than the Jaws tracker. It's just kind of worth that it. That was some horrible. Of our pointed out. <laughs> you know what I learned this time around? Because I played it for so long. I don't think I'd ever played it for so long. Do you know after you get past Power 9, if you keep going to the towns, you can buy more strobes? What? Really? What hmm. does that do? You just, when you fight Jaws, you have more strobes. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. I I never knew that oh, before. Oh, you mean when I never you were in the final, enough. like the boat yeah. cutscene? Yeah, you get oh, three, okay. right? Okay, yeah, yeah and yeah, you can yeah. get more. You can buy more. Oh, cool. That's because you can't have any more than power nine. So if you keep going back and forth, if you don't try to, I mean, obviously I didn't try to kill Jaws very much, but I was just playing around for a while. That's funny. Uh, Had yeah, no idea. That's what I learned. So the more you know, right? The more you know. Get wow. your learn on right here. <laughs> If you actually want to play Jaws for more than five minutes, (laughs) you can. You definitely can. I should mention some stats about the game. Um, It it is loosely based on the the film franchise, and specifically the fourth film, Jaws the Revenge. I think basically it's just sort of the the concept art and like some of the... um, uh, the slogans um, are from Jaws of Revenge. Uh, it was released on November 1987 and developed by West One Bit Entertainment and, of course, published by LJN. So those are just a few stats on the game there. What did you guys think about the the gameplay? Well, we talked about the gameplay, but just sort of the, um, the power-ups and the items and things of that nature. Great, all great. <laughs> I was gonna say, is, is there a lot to say about it? You know, there's collectibles, so you get them. Yeah. And you cash them in for upgrades, and you know, you, they serve their purpose. You can get yeah, crabs. The shells, the shells are the <laughs> you power can't get crabs. <laughs> crabs make it fast. Yeah, it's itchy, and the stars so you just give you points, around. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, and I really love the eventually. You know, when you get more of the sharks, because sharks always drop shells. So. Yes, they do. Yep, every time. Yeah, it's 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 always hate. funny. Everyone has different strategies. I see a lot of people that play like near the bottom, but I always worry about like jellyfish around mm-hmm. the bottom. So I, mm-hmm. I never play around the bottom. I think really? that's fine yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, at the beginning I always stay at the bottom. Later on, yeah, no, huh? Uh-uh. Yeah, you can't do it. 
the jellyfish get crazy later. If but like later on, sometimes you get mixes. Like so, like one time I had, like if you play it long enough, I had one level it was nothing but sharks. Yeah, wow. Me too. <laughs> I had that happen today. Yeah, that's that's so awesome. <laughs> I see. Don't try to kill Jaws in two seconds, and you'll find out. You know, it's funny. When I was a kid, I I. I remember, again, vaguely, I remember, I can't, who was this, my cousin's house, a babysitter, I don't know, but seeing those little sharks and being like, is that Jaws? No, no, oh, no, no, that's dude, not Jaws. That's what my kids kept saying when they were watching me play, there's Jaws, I'm like, no, it's not him, he's bigger than that, and then when they saw Jaws, they were just like, oh, okay, Oh yeah. <laughs> they weren't excited, I was like, what's wrong with you guys? But tell me, like, seriously, is Jaws the least scary enemy on the planet? He, he's, I mean, yeah. he's like moves like as soon as you start he's, shooting, he moves so he, slow. He's not as scary as Jason Voorhees in Friday the Thirteenth, and yes, yeah, purple that's Jason for sure. Yeah. So yeah, just so non-intimidating when you. But yeah, him, no, like, oh, I, I really? do like though that when. So here's the thing that's like kind of a little bit deeper in this game, which is kind of cool. That when you could be just trolling around in your boat and see him in the. In the radar, you could be avoiding him, but if you're close enough to him and you get a random encounter, he can just swim in on your random encounter. And it's like, oh, there's Jaws. Like, no, I was just trying to shoot some jellyfish and stingrays, but Jaws just kind of lumbers into my random encounter. And it does kind of make you jump sometimes. You're just not expecting it. Yeah, I remember that as a kid. It's like, oh my gosh, it's Jaws. (laughs) (laughs) You know know what would make him scary? The, The problem with Jaws in this game is that he has white eyes. If he had those black soulless eyes, like oh. sharks do, that'd make him a lot scarier. Just the round, beady, make a soulless eyes. Rom hack of jaws. <laughs> with I would think red eyes. Red eyes would be scarier, but really, I don't know. See, my only real Jaws memory as a kid was that my grandparents took me to see Jaws three in three D in the movie theater, and like at the end, Jaws explodes, and so stuff like just comes at your face. Spoiler, and then. And then at the yeah, oh my god, what do you know? Jaws dies in the end. But like and then like after he explodes, his jaws, like his literal jaws are just like floating in the water like in 3D or out in front of you. I was like, oh it's so cool. <laughs> that is awesome. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Otherwise it sucks, but that was pretty cool. All right. Well, how about the music in the game? What did you guys think about that? So we, uh, uh, oh. I don't want to oh, take things sorry. off course. No, 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 are we no, gonna no. talk about the um the bonus stage? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. The, um, right on, dude. Bombing the, uh, jellyfish. Where, you, where you're bombing the jellyfish. <laughs> Damn jellyfish deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> and that was one thing. I, I, I want to bring up Pam's video. Uh, you know, Cannot Be Tamed on YouTube. One of my favorite YouTubers who's been on the show. Friend of the show. Yep. And uh, she said, like, <laughs> like bombing jellyfish, that's a little bit of overkill, isn't it? <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's fun. If you could hit the broadside of the barn with those things. It's true. You don't, you don't, if you think about it practically, like, who, who bombs jellyfish with depth charges? <laughs> was that in the movie? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think that, that was, part was uh, in there. artistic liberty, I guess. Yeah, right, yeah right. I don't even know. I've only saw, seen the first one, yeah. so... It's that type but of that bonus. was fun because yeah. you could get free shells for it. Sure. Even if you yeah. messed up and you only hit like three of them, you would get a couple of shells for it. So Does, it was worth it. Yeah. Does anybody know what the trigger was for that? Because to me, it just seemed like it happened randomly. I feel like it was like after you went in I the water like few... three or four times, I think it kind of popped up. But it may be a score trigger. I don't know. 
I don't know. I, for me, it kept coming up after I killed like a uh, after after I killed a shark. Huh. Man. To me, it seemed kind of random, but I mean, I didn't really try to count or anything, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, I don't know either. I'm sure someone out there knows. Yeah. I. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't love it because I wish I had some sort of. If I could at least like slow down or speed up my plane a little bit, you can. It's just you can't. Yeah. Well, how can I didn't know that? How can I do that? Yeah, you push left, <laughs> left and right. right dude. I didn't even try that. I was just pushing the button to bomb. Yeah. Oh lord. You and your fancy. I did not know that. I yeah. thought you were like an NES expert, dude. <laughs> well, yeah. Who? Yeah. Why do we have this guy on the show? Who invited him? Because I play real games. <laughs> <laughs> like Zelda. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, uh, Jaws is fun. I just literally didn't know that. So you must yeah. see, I learned something today too. Yeah. I'll have to try that again. The more you know. It just didn't occur to me. I'm like, oh, it's like Canyon Bomber. I just can't control the plane and just drop bombs. Yeah. Yeah. You can. Left and right. And yeah, I mean, it, it, it is helpful sometimes. It helps you get several more. But I I can't imagine like someone could get a perfect score on this jellyfish game ever. It just I think seems 20 like it would be impossible. I got. Yeah, it would it would be pretty much impossible. But uh yeah, it reminds me of, like the bonus stages in games like uh like Galaga, you know, there was always those yeah. bonus stages and but this one was a little more out of control. You don't have as much control as you do in, in Galaga. So And let me just ask you know, when did uh, jellyfish become like synchronized swimmers? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Those are pretty fancy patterns these jellyfish are going in. And they get more and more intricate as you play. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, on. now we're doing a sine wave. Cool. <laughs> Why don't you just spell out jaws? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we can maybe move on to the um, the music now. You want to talk about that? Um, I don't even know, man. There wasn't a lot that was like dun dun dun. It was good. The, yeah. the title screen was really good. Yeah, well, that's the title the only, screen and the, the music only, of yeah. that was like a good combo. Yeah, the ending music was really good. Yeah, true. I let it play today after I beat it. That was mm-hmm. you're right. That was good. Yeah, yeah. As you're playing, just yeah, you know, off into the distance. Yeah, even the game over screen, like when you start over, that was good. That's good. Yeah, this yeah. game has good ass music, dude. I like the uh, sound when you pull in to get a uh, a shark tracker or a uh, uh, a power up. Yeah, well, and the graphics are pretty good. I mean, for what's there, I mean, it's yeah. pretty well done. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Better than Zelda. Yeah. This is just a Jaws love fest. <laughs> I don't know if I'll go that far, but boy. <laughs> the, um, uh, Let me just ask this. Is there a Jaws amiibo? I don't think so. Oh, there, should, there should be, be though. Jaws amiibo. It sounds like the be best awesome. amiibo ever. <laughs> 8-bit Jaws. Or at least a Jaws NES pop figure would be oh. really killer that squeaks. <laughs> that would be cool. I don't really understand the obsession with those things, but oh, I'm I can no, admire your collectability on that. I, I like I have a few. I, I like a few of them that are you know like the horror themed ones I really like, and some of the video game related ones. That's it. There you go. There you go. Um, yeah, there's um one thing I didn't really notice about the game until I, I read something about this, but they um they use like changes in volume to mimic like the sound of water in this um 
with some of the sound effects and things like that, which is which is kind of neat because it's hmm. almost kind of a staticky yeah. sound, you know, with the water. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. So I mean, was it really subtle or? Yeah, yeah, it is kind of subtle, but it's 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 really neat. So now you have another hmm. excuse to go back and play it, other than uh, powering past nine to get more strobes. <laughs> which you only need one <laughs> once you know what you're doing. Yeah. So uh, so yeah. Um, I guess we should we should mention like just kind of going back to the gameplay a little like the casualty of death like kind of what happens to you when you die in this game you you lose your oh, jaws man. tracker and that's the big thing yeah, right oh darn oh no <laughs> you lose a power <laughs> level and then you lose half your shells which is probably the biggest bust and the worst yeah. part about dying in this game especially if you've collected a lot half uh, losing half can be fairly drastic in this game so well, if you're you playing go... like Save states. Oh. No, you didn't save states. Jaws, come on. Uh, but if you're like playing for score, I found that don't worry about shells, man, because eventually the game difficulty ramps up and you get sharks like crazy. Yeah. So you're mm-hmm. going to run into a lot of shells. Yeah. True dat. So so what do you guys think? I know, I know Sean's answer to this. Has this game held up over time? Um, you know, so what do you guys think? <laughs> I'll just say this game is so much fun. It's one of the prime. It's, it's a prized possession of my NES collection. I know I mentioned it before, but I have a complete in box copy with the shrink seal, like the shrink wrap, still on it. Nice from world famous uh, digital press video games in Clifton, New Jersey. When I used to live in New Jersey, that was like uh, when I grabbed that. I was like, oh my god, it was like eight bucks. <laughs> Yeah. Like, holy yeah. crap. But I still have it, and that's the copy I played. And listen, this game gets short shrift because it's LJN, because, like I said, angry video game nerd beat up on it. Everybody who beats up on LJN games beat up on it. It's a cool game. Try it. If you get a ROM for it, if you grab the the physical copy for a buck or two, yeah. it's going to take you five minutes to beat it, and you will be so satisfied when you're done. Like, just find out how to beat it, do it, and it's fun. Yeah. You know, End of in, story. In retrospect of this playthrough, I wish I honestly probably would have played Jaws first early on, because I would have suggested a high score contest, because this is like, if you just play it to beat it, it's like, ah, oh, ten minutes, you're done, and there's no reason to go back. But, you know, if like I said, I tried to play it today for a longer period of time just to kind of check that out. And it makes for a decent little shooter. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yep. The only problem with the high score challenge would be getting the scores recorded, as you said, no high score. I agree. I agree. <laughs> so that would be the it's, tough thing about doing that. Un- very unfortunate that they decided to do that. Because I thought that for sure. I'm like, oh, okay, well, wait till after the ending's over and maybe on the screen or something it'll show me. No, huh? So, Floyd, this is the first time you have beaten it, and you can't really speak to how this game has held up over time. Well, let's just change this question for you. Is this a game you think you'll pull off the shelf and play again? For sure, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. Like, it's it's fun enough that you can always come back to it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's simple enough that you can really, you know, pick it up without uh, needing to learn too much, but it's got enough of a challenge to to be fun without being, you know, like frustrating or, or, and there's nothing about it that I would say is bad. Yeah. Right. It's just, 
I think it's a game that really is something that people don't expect it to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for me, as far as has this game held up over time, I would say that Jaws is one of those games that I'll pull off the shelf like two to three times a year just to play through it really quick. And, you know, um, it, it's sort of like a, a nice little quick filler game that you can kind of beat. It's like when, when we play board games and stuff and we have people over at the house... Um, a lot of times, like, it, it's nice to play, like, some quick games that are, like, you know, 10 to 15 minute, uh, card or board games before we kind of ramp up and play our big game. We always have these little kind of filler games, mm-hmm. or if we play a big game and then we want, you know, a few short games in the middle and then, you know, play another big game just to kind of break it up a bit, um, you know, that's kind of what Jaws is for me. It's, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, you say, hey, yeah. remember the Jaws movie? Yeah. Check this out. Yeah. Yeah, and Sean mentioned the box, uh, having the box. The box art on the game is stellar. I mean, no wonder you find so many copies out there. I mean, the theme, um, you know, in the box and the artwork on the carts and stuff. I mean, it's it's so cool. It's that, that big, giant Jaws head that, you know, that you, you expect to see when you see, you know, the movie posters and mm-hmm. things of that nature. So they did a good job of marketing the game, and I'm sure they sold, they had to sell, like, wow, tons of copies of this game, right? Was there was there a Famicom version of this game? Dude, do you know? Uh, I do not think so. Not that I know of. I yeah. don't think a lot of LJN oh, wow. games came out over there because they were developed <laughs> over here. So that usually doesn't work as well going the other direction. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, I will say that, you know, I see this game every single year. When we go to Midwest Gaming Classic, um, there's a Nintendo Age room that's there where all the guys get together. And mm-hmm. uh, one of the guys on Nintendo Age, Smeagol Sama, his name's Chris, but... Uh, Every single year, it's one of the first things he does is he, he loads up Jaws and he beats it, you know, for five, it takes five minutes to do that. But yeah. It's one of his favorite games too. So like yeah. I know every year when we go over there, he's going to fire it up and, and me and Matt, my friend, we usually tear through life force pretty quick at the beginning. It's just, yeah, those things that you do, those games you go to that you kind of know and have fun with. Cool. Cool. Nice. All right. Well, before we bury Jaws, um, does anyone have any final thoughts or say anything else about it? How many Jaws movies were there? I don't know. Lots. Four. At least four. Was The Revenge the last one? (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) Yeah. I just didn't know how long this series went on. Because for Jaws being just such a classic that it was, to have run it into the ground as bad as they did is kind of sad, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. But I think people... It's like anything else. People just have reverence for the first one. Mm-hmm. the first movie and even I only saw it for the first time recently like I said it's my wife's like favorite movie of all time and I I watched it recently uh within the past year with her and I you know I <laughs> I, I don't think it's my favorite movie of all time but I can understand why people love it so much like I don't think um people worry too much about you know jaws 2 and 3d and 4 and you know like the game was based on one of those crappy sequels but i didn't look at it that way even when i was playing with you know like i thought it was just a jaws game you know yeah you don't you don't think about what movie it has anything to do with you're just like oh playing jaws you know well it was smart for them to not put jaws 4 on the box right yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that's a good point um the only thing I did want to mention, and I know some people had a little bit of a problem with this in the game, was the ending. 
Um, you know, people were unsatisfied with the ending that you got. Um, hmm. My my perspective on it is: Have you ever beaten a Nintendo game? Yeah, <laughs> that's mean? NES, right? <laughs> Same ending as Contra, I think. It's a lot yeah. better than some other ones. Yeah, yeah that's some what I'm saying. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I didn't have ends. a helicopter flying off an island. It just had a shark sinking to the bottom, <laughs> and then showed a plane flying away from an island. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of them are just like congratulations. Yeah, you know? yeah. Karnoff, congratulations, the end. Yeah, <laughs> it's all you get. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it, it's. It's the feeling of beating a game. It wasn't, you know, back then it wasn't so much of, you know, getting some elaborate, you know, ending. Um, you know, those things came later, you know, especially. Um, there's a few on the Nintendo, but, you know, especially with the Super Nintendo, endings got really elaborate. So, um, Well, I mean, if we want to think about this, endings themselves just kind of came into vogue in the NES days. I mean, that wasn't a thing in the 2600, mostly. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. weren't a lot of games that actually had endings, not like platformers, actually platformers. I know, like, um, Pitfall 2 Lost Caverns had an ending to it, but, uh, you know, that was one of the few. So, yeah, so it was kind of like new ground that was still being covered and played with, so mm-hmm. it doesn't mm-hmm. surprise me. Oh, no, not at all. All right. Anything else before we move on to The Legend of Zelda? Gosh, is that just the best music ever? Or it what? is. It's amazing. Yeah. Single tier. God bless Koji Kondo. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And you guys totally missed out on the best version of that soundtrack. I'm sorry. <sighs> I listened to it on YouTube, and I was like, yeah, it's all right. What do you mean? Oh, what are you alluding to? The Famicom the version. The disc system about. version. The no, disc system. okay. Okay, sorry. I expect that to be the like segue. And the <laughs> hipsters. Man, I'm I'm so old and you can see the top of my head. I don't think I can qualify as a hipster. <laughs> Dude, I posted pictures of the BS BS Zelda on the on the thread. That like, was cool. That yeah, would no, me it, it is really awesome looking, and I almost want to just grab a walkthrough and just play through that version of the game. Like, it looks beautiful. Yeah, I saw that, and I was like, wow, I kind of want to play that now. Yeah. Yeah. I guess before we go any further, I do want to mention who our participants were this month. It's kind of a good spot right here in the middle. Uh, yeah. We had um, Addicted, Bickman 2K, Exposed Hero, Dougley 007, Mr. Duke Togo, Mr. Fleech, Mr. Grey Ghost 81, Jerry Greenwood, Metal Fro, Pam played with us and actually did a video as um, as uh, Sean mentioned on Jaws, so you should check that out. Uh, Retro Rage, Shaggy, we think, um, Jaws only. <laughs> He did show us. He did show us a picture of the cart. It's not at his grandma's house. I don't know. I just played the best one. So there you yeah, go. Yeah. So <laughs> I, well, we don't know if he played it. We didn't get any play pictures. We're going to expect okay, those on the thread, it. Shaggy. We know you he listen. Was too, he was too busy shoveling Sunday fun days around his house. <laughs> he did. He had it between Sunday fun days to prove that he had it, which was which was kind of funny. Uh, I'll give him that. Oh that was hilarious. And, and myself played the game. So we got to give him a little bit of crap because every time we pick a game, he's like, I'm in. I can't find I, it's, it. I, it's in my hands. See? <laughs> I can't find it. Um, anyway. I'm smart. When I know I'm not going to play, man, I just don't put my head in there. It's hard to know? get you to bite, man. It's really hard to get you to bite yeah, on no the offense. game. So we you gotta... guys pick some games that are like, yeah. Huh? Not my style. I mean, I'm not saying they're bad games. I'm saying they're no, just not no. my style. I get it. I get it. Um, 
But, um, yep, that, those are our participants for the month. And, um, let's see, let's, uh, let me run through the stats really quick and then we can talk about this game. Uh, it was developed and published by Nintendo, designed by Shigeru Miyamoto and Takashi Tezuka. It was originally released as an FDS launch title in Japan in 1986. Of course, that's what Duke played. Um, it was, um, known as the Hyrule Fantasy and, um, uh, released more than a year later in North America and Europe. Uh, it was the first cart with an internal battery for saving and sold over 6.5 million copies. Oh, the internal battery. Oh, I've, I change a lot of those things, yeah. You know, I've never mm. changed one in a game. Mine still work for some reason. It's amazing. I just don't trust them anymore. And I found once I found uh, a kind of one that was kind of getting leaky, I'm just, yeah, just swap those things out. Yeah. Probably not a bad idea, especially in some of the more expensive games. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. All right. Well, let's let's start with Floyd here. What's your uh, what's your history with this game, Floyd? Let's hear it. I want to know everyone's history with this game when they play. It for the first uh, time. My first Zelda game is Link to the Past. Okay. So, um, so to go to the original Zelda with Link to the Past being my first sort of um, you know, foray into mm-hmm. the series mm-hmm. was a little challenging at first. Sure. Because there's so many improvements that were made okay. between those two games. Um, but um, I, I'm, I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but I think uh, like the, the, the first Zelda game is not for me. I, I would rather play Link to the Past any day. I don't, I don't think you'll get a lot of flack for that. I think there's a lot of people yeah. who consider that the best Zelda game ever made. Okay. And uh, so I mean, I don't think you But need I, any I just think because it. this the the original mm-hmm. is so nostalgic for people and and has such a special place in their hearts that mm-hmm. you know to hear like somebody say, ah, "I didn't really care for it much." Yeah. Sort of like, you know, blasphemy. How could you say that? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I I got your text, you know, we we text back and forth of course and you were kind of saying that and I was kind of like, oh, "I want to reach through the phone and choke this guy." But at the same time, <laughs> that's exactly what I mean. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I, I keep it in a perspective of um you know, I mean, obviously and we've mentioned on the show several times, you know, like you know, the age gap, you know, between you and I, especially. I think, yeah, it's one of those things, yeah. like, you had to have been there, yeah, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly, and I, and I feel that way, I, and, and I do understand that, and I, after I uh, count to ten, I, um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, come to my senses, I'm like, well, you know, I, I gotta understand where, where he's coming from, and, and the games that he started out on, cut his teeth on, um, you know, are a lot different from what I did. And so I mm-hmm. can understand why, you know, you would enjoy, prefer one, you know, over the other. Right. Um, and, and it makes, it makes complete sense, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, how about you, Sean? So, like, the Zelda franchise is something that I've been, as a collector, just collecting the games forever. And, mm-hmm. and y'all know, like, uh, Wind Waker was the first game I've completed out of the franchise for this playthrough. And then uh, Link to the Past was the second one I com- completed because it was for the playthrough and the podcast. Um, but uh, the original Le- Legend of Zelda kind of... Um, I don't have any nostalgia for this game beyond mm-hmm. the nostalgia of having that original NES when I was a kid 
And I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, how I felt like I talked my dad into buying an NES at the time. (laughs) Like, because I had seen Super Mario Brothers and I like, you know, just persuaded him to buy an NES and we drove to Sears and bought it. I'm pretty sure I've told that story before, (laughs) but... (laughs) But well, I wish I would have had your dad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Mine, not so much. (laughs) Mine would have been like, "What are you doing in the house? Get out!" (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Don't you have a stick to hit up against a tree? (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Aren't there some squirrels you can chase? (laughs) Pretend that's a machine gun, boy. So, so I guess Sean is sort of, um, you know, same mindset as a lot of people who, you know, like they know Zelda is is a highly regarded series, but yeah. like you know, y- you kind of have to admit it's not for everybody. Well, I, that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. When I was a kid, I never like I dabbled in this game, and it's so funny. Even when I was a kid, like playing through the first like two or three screens like getting the sword killing a couple of those what do you call those mondos or Octoroks. yeah exactly like in the first two or three screens mm-hmm. and then like what the hell am i supposed to do i'm done with this game let me play super mario brothers <laughs> like, <laughs> so i and, and like oh, up until a month ago like mm-hmm. have not played beyond the first couple of screens of this game but like this game Sorry. Sorry, I had to burp really loud. (laughs) (laughs) You you should have left that in. You know, we'd be like SDC pod. (laughs) In all all seriousness, I remember when me and uh, my friend Jesse, when we were kids, and, you know, you all know he he passed away recently Mm -hmm. when um, everybody knows that, so I'm not going to belabor that. But he was so much into Legend of Zelda. So I have this like, like, um, secondary nostalgia for like him playing the games and him having these like maps from Nintendo Power that his mom like laminated for him (laughs) to play through the games. And when I was playing through the games, through the, uh, through the game now, like I, I kind of felt you know, I was channeling him through that. Like I was yeah. remembering, uh, everything. And, uh, that, that's the, that's the only like focus of my nostalgia. Otherwise, like y'all know you can, you can take everything I said about link to the past, everything I said about wind waker and like, guys, I just use a win. Uh, I used a walkthrough. I just did a checklist. I just went step by step through the game and I am not discovering anything. I am not like, having any kind of sense of wonder or like anything through this game i'm just it's a checklist to me but Mm -hmm. it's it's like to go through but it's still satisfying to get to the end completely and 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 i posted it on facebook i tagged you guys on it like Mm -hmm. i am so glad to have (laughs) finished this game finally yeah like in my life like this is a game through like from my childhood that i just like didn't get it at the time and now having played Wind Waker, go back through Link to the Past, n- now going all the way back to the NES version, the original Legend of Zelda, and we'll just, um, you know, we'll, we're going to talk about it, but, like, that was so cool to, like, final, finally just complete that game. 
Right. And I, th- I think it's cool that you have that um, attachment to it through your friend. Um, yeah. Because I, I guess if like the exploration and discovery isn't going for you, then there's not much else to keep you going, right? Yeah. And yeah. we'll get we'll get into like minutia of the game, but Yeah. Yeah. But that's my background with it. Yeah. Like it's so much coming th- from this podcast and from the forum. Like I always thought like you could ask me a couple of years ago like would you ever complete a Zelda game and I would say no. But now I've completed 3 of them yeah. just because of the podcast and the playthrough. Like that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um yeah, and obviously, you know, Duke and I are going to have some probably pretty cool memories and stories about this, and maybe it, it'll kind of shed some light, and that's what I kind of hope to do, is shed a little bit of light on, like, why, you know, we all are having sort of different experiences with this playthrough. Um, when I picked it, um, I thought, oh, this is going to be great. You know, everyone loves Zelda. Everyone's going to really love um playing Legend of Zelda, the very first game. It's going to bring back so many memories. And, you know, I think sometimes you forget um, that um, you're old as hell. And, (laughs) (laughs) and like, I, you know, I I used to teach, um, I used to teach college, I used to teach composition, and I, one time I was um, teaching this um, Bruce Springsteen song. I was teaching Born in the USA. It was in the textbook. And I was talking about the Cold War and Reagan and, you know, Gorbachev. And students were looking at me like they had no, they had been born after those years. You know, they were like, I don't yeah. know what he's talking about. You know, so I kind of feel that way, you know, with, with this um, to an extent, you know, because there we, we actually I was surprised at how many people we had playing this game for the first time or, or people that had just maybe just dabbled in it a little bit and not beaten the game. Right. Mm, yeah. So, yeah. Um, Duke, I want to hear about your experience with this game. Sure. Your history. Um, I think some of this probably has come out in um, in our show before, but um, you know, kind of first getting into like what Floyd and what Sean is saying, I, I totally kind of get where you're coming from, and I would agree. Uh, Link to the Past, I think, is probably the best Zelda game there is. But I, I, I just to put things in perspective a little bit, I want you to think about. Legend of Zelda and what it did and how complex it was mm-hmm. came out one year before Jaws, which you just played, and how simple that was. So think about that in terms of perspective. Um, this was pretty revolutionary, nothing quite like it at the time. Yeah. And I, I think that's hard to pick up if you weren't there right. and playing through things at that time. It can't hit you that same way. Um but yeah, I mean, that's it. this thing came out in 1986 uh, when, you know, a lot of games were really very simple stuff. But, um, you know, for me, uh, I got an any, you know, I, I talked about, you know, my cousin had an NES first and I think he got his in 86 and um, maybe Christmas of 86 or something like that. But uh or somewhere around there. I can't remember exactly. But I was over... I'd spend uh, summers at my dad's. Uh, he lived in Oklahoma, so not too far from you, Sean. We went to Texas a few times. And uh, he lived not too far from there. So during the summer, I didn't have a lot of other friends because I lived there. So I'd spend most time with my cousin. And he had gotten an NES. And most of the games that he had were pretty standard stuff at the time. There wasn't a whole lot available. Um, 
Super Mario Brothers was the one we played most. So, of course, that's what I wanted for Christmas that year. And uh, I did. I got Super Mario Brothers. Uh, so maybe that was a little later. Anyway, the uh, the first game I bought, because I, I have Birthmas. I've mentioned that before. My birthday and Christmas are like <laughs> together. So I get Birthmas. And so I have some money that came along with that. I got to go pick a game. And Zelda had just kind of come out. Yeah. Uh, I'd seen the commercials and stuff. So I went uh, to Target. And with my birthday Birthmas money, I bought Legend of Zelda. And I took it home. And uh, God, I, I played that game to to death. I mean, to the point where I would make up challenge runs. I mean, I had beaten it so many times. I'd be like, oh, here, let me play this time without a ring and beat it. And let me go this time with, you know, things like that, where you would just like, okay, I'm not going to buy bomb upgrades or because eventually you just knew the game backwards and forwards. Mm -hmm. And I even like would, you know, I'd graph papered out the maps and I'd kind of figured out like, oh, you know, if you do it right, all the dungeon maps kind of fit together like a puzzle. And which, you know, later often you figure out that basically the dungeon maps are just like the overworld map. It's one big thing. It's just they're separated up into rooms. Uh, but I just I'd spent so much time with this game that um, to me it was like going back to an old friend. It wasn't very difficult. I mean, mm-hmm. I really kind of still remembered most everything that was there and where to find stuff and what the order was. And But I still just had a lot of fun with it. To me, it was just like a trip back. So, um I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, same for me. I mean, very, very similar. Um, uh, I probably didn't get this game until a little later on, um, but um, and I'm pretty sure I probably bought it at a flea market. But I had played it um, a lot, and uh, I had borrowed it from my uh, friend whose dad owned a video store. Um, my my copy of Zelda Two actually has the video store name etched on it. Uh, so it, it was their copy. I think it was after they closed the store down. Um, but the game and, and what I remember in growing up is you mentioned the commercials. There was this really wacky one that, oh, yeah. that you definitely need to check out on YouTube. <laughs> uh, it's like this Leavers, guy, <laughs> peahats, and it's yeah. just this guy in kind of a, an insane asylum, like running around. It's like black <laughs> and white and you don't, it gives you no idea of what the game is about. Uh, nope. It's the most bizarre form of advertising. It's just wacky, and they're hoping you're going to buy this game off of it. Um, but one of the things that I remember um, a lot about this game, and yeah, and you guys mentioned about how, like, you know, kind of aggravating it is and finding things, knowing which, you know, walls to bomb. This was, and I think, Duke, you can probably vouch for this. This was like playground talk for us. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is what yeah. you did, like, at recess every day. You got with your other, like, geeky friends, and you talked about Legend of Zelda. Or, yep. like, you got a note passed to you in the middle of school. Like, this guy's like, I found I found the red ring, you know, tonight. You know, here's where it was, you know. And and it was just, it was exciting. Because you, you worked with other people um, in solving this huge puzzle, if you will. Um, and that was, that was something that was really special and it was a, like a really special part of my childhood. And, um, I'm sure other people our age probably, um, you know, have very similar memories of, of that. And, um, you know, that, that's what made it cool. Um, you know, it's hard to, um, it's hard to replicate now. And that's one of the things that in choosing this game that, that I really didn't think about, you know, in people playing it, this is a game that's really not meant to be played in a month. Uh, Here, let me 
Yeah. Let me help you out. It's it's the Pokemon Go of its time. It got people socially <laughs> engaged. Yeah, that's true. That that that's a good point. I mean, you know, maybe not to the extent because um, you know, not everyone everyone now has cell phones. Not everyone then had Nintendos, but um, you know, a lot of your you know a lot of your friends probably did. <laughs> if you were friends yeah. with people, they probably owned a Nintendo. You know, except for that one people poor like guy us. that had the Sega Master System. <laughs> yeah. Nobody hang out, hung out with Sega Master System guy. <laughs> he ate lunch alone. <laughs> but um, you know that that's sort of the difference in you know understanding it. And I and I bring that up, you know, not only to kind of let people know what it was like when we were growing up when this game came out and how cool that experience was, but to kind of you know help myself understand why um, you know maybe some people might not have enjoyed this game you know, as, as much as I do. It kind of helps me understand it, if that makes sense. I, I think I felt a lot like I think about movies, right? Because mm-hmm. most people don't go back and watch movies older than they are. Mm-hmm. That's just not usually a thing unless you're a film buff. Yeah. And I think it's like this too, right? It's kind of hard. Like, if I went back and watched some film from the 60s, I wasn't there. I don't know what the the societal feeling was at the time this was going on, so I'm going to miss something that was kind of probably integral to what the film mm-hmm. is. And and mm-hmm. I think it's probably similar stuff, right? It's just you can't always replicate everything that went with the experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's my wife and I, um, one of the films we watched um, in podcasting was The Blair Witch Project. And we talked yeah. about like the 90s and like what the state of the internet was at that time and how it was like chat rooms and not social media and, and how that like really affected that experience. Uh, yeah, and you were dead on when you were talking about that because I do remember people talking about like, oh, is it real? Is it a real thing? Yeah, yeah. And so I, I think it's it's one of those things, again, it's similar to that in that you know, you just that that's a piece of history and a piece of time that you know you can't replicate. And uh, and um, I, I there were there were a lot of people in this playthrough. I mean, you know, um, you know, Floyd, you weren't the only one. There were a lot of people that were very um, uh, aggravated uh, with this playthrough. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think because yeah. um, Pam was. Chris, I know. Chris yeah. said that uh, like this is not a game that you try to uh, contain into a month. Right and and yeah. I think he you put that so well yeah because uh, putting that time limit on on a game like this which is so um, uh, like so focused on sure. you know like having you discover things on your own or sort of through that like sort of you know social connection of, of talking to people and saying like hey I found this thing the other night and mm-hmm. um, to to really condense it into a month kind of feels like work yes. Yes, and and I you see know, that if, now. if you yeah. let it if you let it just have like a natural sort of timeline, like if it took you two months, it, you know, it takes you two months, whatever. That's how long it took you. I think it'd be a lot of a more uh, positive experience. Yeah, yeah. No, I I completely agree. I mean, it's um, and by the way, I'm the one that said that about the month. I'm not gonna let Duke take credit for. Uh, I was gonna say things, I don't remember saying that. that oh, okay, sorry. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. I mean, I kind of, you know, it's funny you pick something sometimes, you know, for these playthroughs and you think it's going to be a, an overall like awesome positive experience and you you just don't, you know, you don't you don't take things in consideration. Sometimes something you really love, you know, doesn't always um 
you know, convey itself the same way to someone else. Mm-hmm. And you guys uh, never picked Dark Souls. That's the problem. Yeah, because we would have to play that <laughs> for like six months. What the hell? <laughs> I could beat that game in a number of hours. But I can totally get where you're coming from. Like to me, going through Zelda this month wasn't work because I, in a couple nights, I had all of it, both quests done. But yeah. I know it like the back of my hand. I can't imagine what it was like for you guys. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I didn't consider it work, but I did, like I said earlier, I played it like a checklist and I beat it in two or three nights, but I was using uh, save states and I was going through dungeons where like if I took one hit, I would revert to a save. Like I I could not have, I could not play without having the, the projectile sword, the power sword. Really? Yeah, no, I I was just wow. like perfectionist, like uh, almost like. So like every run had to be a flawless run. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much like I don't think I died or continued mm-hmm. like in this game at all because yeah. I was huh. safe stating the whole time. Yeah, but that that's but that takes away from it and becomes a totally different experience. Yeah, exactly. And like I said earlier, you can apply everything I said about uh, Link to the Past and Wind Waker that way. And uh, I was thinking about this uh, today. Um, Link to the Past is the only, out of three Zelda games that I've played now, Link to the Past was the only one I didn't cheat on because in Wind Waker I used the item duplication glitch. And in Legend of Zelda now I've used the... Yeah, no, I've used save states and mm. just messing around with the game uh, as a, a way to get through it. So, um, and I, I, I remember not to kick it over to you, Floyd, and put you on the spot, but mm-hmm. it, we were having a, a discussion of the difficulty of the game. I, I wouldn't want to play this game old school. You know, with with the normal saves or the normal uh, password. <laughs> it's not a password system, right? It's just no, saving. It's just saving if you die. Okay, so n- hell no. Like I don't want to. That's do how that. I wanted to play this. <laughs> right. Like, so, I came into this, you know, wanting to play it, you know, the way it was like intended to be played, or the old school way, as sure. you say. Um, and like I allowed myself a map because a map came. With the game. Um, yep. In the manual, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Yep. Uh, partial so, map. But yeah. Partial map, but, you know, still, it's it's a map. It gives you something, right? Yeah. Um, and that's how I really wanted to tackle it. But I guess because I didn't have that um, that exposure to it when it was really fresh. Mm-hmm. And because I was coming from, you know, like Link to the Past being my first Zelda game, um, it, like... That's sort of why it didn't really click with me because, like, you know, I, I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm coming from better games as my sort of Zelda pedigree. Yeah. Be careful that you say better. Yeah. You're going to have some people, people riding in with hate mail to Florida. <laughs> well, our mailbox is empty, so we can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. What are you talking about? <laughs> But, uh, well, okay, maybe maybe I'll, not better, but more improved. I don't know. I'm just I'm just messing with you. I know. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's always one of those trolls out there somewhere, isn't there? Of course, always. Of course, Sometimes they're on the bridge. call with you. Well, I gotta say, like, <laughs> um, I was uh, I was kind of surprised, uh, but not really. But I was kind of like, oh, 
like this this game is way ahead of its time and and I've mm-hmm. talked about uh the Nintendo thing where they've been like pretty much iterating on games that they've made in the past or whatever but how every game they've made is way ahead of its time and Legend of Zelda I was like holy crap like this game is so complex for what it is like mm-hmm. I can't believe and now it, we can go through the bosses and some of the dungeons and everything and uh, you know how how uh you know like esoteric and vague everything is but like this game is so ahead of its time as as chris alluded to earlier like um it, it's it's not even close to to its competition you know what i mean like whatever games came out like even link to the past link to the past is just an iteration on legend of zelda or like the original legend of zelda game mm-hmm. you yeah. know to look at back to think that this game has boss battles and maps and items and secrets and everything like this is was a NES game in 1986, again, like Chris had alluded to, like, it's just crazy, like, what's going on in this game. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is, uh, it is very complex, it's, it's a very deep game, um, which, um, you know, it's, um, makes it tough. (laughs) Well, and it was made this way, the way it was, a lot to show off, because this was a launch disk system title, and it was meant to show off yep. that the features of the disk system, like, oh, here's you got extra sound channels, and the game can be so complex because you can save the disk anytime you want and come back later, mm-hmm. and that was the whole idea. It was like, wow, look how much more complex we can do than just your average cartridge game, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and then when it came over to North America, I mean, we can talk about the cartridge. I mean, we, we mentioned this is the first cartridge with an internal battery which is i mean that that was miles away from entering into all those digits on metroid like i used to have to do oh my gosh or uh you know like kid icarus i mean it was it was phenomenal like having that save state um which is so strange because you know they had to go back and forth about that because all three of those were disc system games mm-hmm, you could save mm-hmm. and if you look at the boards yep kid icarus and metroid have the spot for a battery yep yep and um why they didn't put that in there, I have no idea. But um, cost <laughs> for Zelda, cost. you know, the you know the battery, the um, the packaging, the gold packaging, the gold cartridge, um, you know th- those things, um, just just phenomenal for its time. You know, mm-hmm. you just pulling out that gold cartridge like you were just pulled a Willy Wonka ticket out of a uh, mm-hmm. chocolate bar. I mean, was one of the coolest things ever. You know, to have that and in your collection on your shelf. It's so the gold on it is so well done that <laughs> yeah. it's like this blinding, blinding brilliance that yeah. you get. And I mean, these days some of them are a little scuffed up, but every once in a while I'll come across a Zelda that's not been played very much, and it's just amazing how shimmery, shiny the thing is. Yeah, it's really impressive. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think Nintendo knew they had something good on their hands. Oh, absolutely. And that's why you know, like that's why I got this you know really special treatment. Yeah. Maybe they should have made Dragon Warrior gold. <laughs> right on <laughs> maybe more people would have bought it I do before we get into the gameplay I do want to talk um, since we're kind of waxing nostalgia a little bit I do want to talk about the um, 
um, the manual a little bit. Uh, we, we had a story from uh, Jerry Greenwood, uh, one of our members who plays a lot of our games and offers always offers a lot of great feedback on our thread at RF Generation. And he was talking about his experience of like how he just vividly remembers driving to his grandmother's house and just always having this manual in the back seat and uh, flipping through it. And he was posting, um, you know, some pictures on there um, and talking about like how, you know, you don't really, everything's sort of on the same scale as you're fighting, like you're fighting like dark nuts and things like that, that knocked rocks. And if you look in the manual and you're, and you're leafing through it and the, and the photos and everything, you're kind of like this really small guy as compared to these things that are like kind of giant. And so the manual was sort of, um, a motivator to like really get your imagination in gear as you were playing this game. And Chris, I don't know about you, man, but I, I wore my manual out for this game. I, I flipped through that thing so many times. I, I, I can name all the enemies. I mean, it's one of the few oh, yeah. games I can say that I, I, you, you can point to something and, you know, Sean was like, yeah, you go up a few screens. I'm like, well, it's either Octorox or it's Tic Tikes, but I'm pretty yep. sure he's talking about Octorox. You know, I mean, yeah. You know, you you know all the names of all these enemies. Or it's, Moblins. It could have been yeah. a Moblin. Moblins, by, yeah. Those are to the left. Or, yeah, to the right. Yep. You do yeah. run those fairly quickly. Uh, if you get... Um, yeah, I mean, that's it. You had the manual with this beautiful artwork, which later on, mm-hmm. I mean, now I find that that came from the disk system mm-hmm. manual. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, it's beautiful Japanese hand-drawn art. And at the time, Nintendo Power covered, of course, this a lot. And... You could mail away to Nintendo, and they sold two books, um, mm-hmm. How to Win Super Mario Brothers and Legend of Zelda Tips and Tricks. Yep. And I bought both of those books, still got them. Mm-hmm. And think of it as the game facts of the day. I mean, you got it, and it had everything you needed, maps, hand-drawn maps of everything, and all the secrets and all the stuff. Yep. But even outside of that, in the box, you got this little map and tip thing but it was sealed and it's like only open it if you really need this (laughs) and you're like do i really open it or do i break the seal and of course i mean you do that but uh and then you open it up and it's a partial map and there's like some tips and uh you know they just really went and and of course they had um the nintendo players guide which was out the time, yep. which also has a little Zelda section in it. Yep. That kind of has that came with tips. my system, so I get to look over that. Yep, very yeah, familiar I with that. It's one of my f- favorite books. I've got two of them, and I l- I love leafing through that thing still to this day from time to time. Yep. But yeah, it was so much better than what anything else you got at the day. Yeah. And and I've heard some complaints from some people. They say, well, there's no story to this. Like you just you're kind of thrown in the middle of it. Uh, there's a cave there. You know, it um you know opens up you grab a sword. No, there's a huge story behind this game and I'm sure it's a story a lot of people don't know. Um but um it's in the manual. You know, that yeah. that's where the story is and it's several pages long. Um you know some nice hand drawn artwork. Um yeah. Uh, I mean, it's that manual was, you know, one of the coolest things about my childhood, you know, even compared to the game. I mean, just just having that uh, was was very special. And Nintendo did a fantastic job with it. And back in the day, I mean, 
you'd rent games, and if the place you rented from didn't give you a manual or at least a photocopy of the manual, yeah. there's some games you'd be screwed yeah. playing. Yeah, absolutely. You just wouldn't know what to do. And not like these days where there's tutorials for everything, but... Right. Um, yeah, I mean, that's it. It's... Uh, to miss out, I can't imagine if somebody like probably rented this game back in the day and didn't have the manual, they probably would have missed out. Or, or you guys, I would be curious. I mean, having played it, did either of you look at the manual at all? No. Oh, well, no. I don't have one, so, <laughs> yeah, no, so no. Have, okay. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, you should check it out. There's some, you know, there's some PDFs online. You should, you should definitely check it out. I mean, you know, again, it's not going to be that kind of thing where you know, growing up and seeing it, you know, (laughs) you know, uh, growing up and seeing it, you know, being something so special from back in the day. Um, it's not going to be that kind of thing, but you'll, you'll kind of have a better idea of kind of what we're talking about. And I think it's worth a view and and reading the story and, and getting an idea of how it, you know, how it all kind of started, you know, not just, it just kind of started in, you know, going into a cave and picking up a sword and being told to go look for some Triforce and, you know, <laughs> maybe stumble on a princess to save, you know, which is which is the feel of the game if you don't have the manual, I think. Which um, is, I mean, you guys having played some of the uh, later titles, um, you kind of already kind of know the gist, though, right? Oh, Ganon or slash Ganondorf, whoever's the bad guy this time around. Got the Triforce, that whole spiel, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Except there's only two Triforce in this one instead of the third. Mm-hmm. That comes in in Zelda 2. Yep. And you're trying to put back together one of the Triforce. Um, yep, yep. And that's what the eight pieces are. So Zelda's Triforce, right? Yeah. She's broken it up to keep it out of Ganon's hand or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, let's see. We were talking about the game and the box art stuff. Let's, let's move to the difficulty. Um... How how did you guys? We, we talked a little bit out. Um, you know, it's tough. I know Floyd, you had a tough go with the game, um, but I just wanted to talk about. You know, is it a fair challenge? And and kind of what you guys thought about that. I'd say it's a fair challenge. I mean, it's it's one of those things that like if you if you keep at it, mm-hmm. you know, eventually you will. You know, you you'll you'll beat it in the end sure. if you kind of keep keep going at it, keep trying. Yeah, yeah, it's totally doable. Yeah. I don't think it's it's a very hard game. I think it's a very um, I think it's a hard game to play in a month, as as we mentioned before. But I think it's a very um, secretive game, you know, as mm-hmm. well. And so that makes it that makes it kind of tough, um, you know, finding these different secrets, locating these things on this world map. It's it's fairly extensive, you know, to be um, you know somewhat of an you know open world game. Um, it's it's fairly extensive, so uh, that that does make it tough. Uh, Floyd, did you die a lot? Uh, I did. Um, and I, I think a lot of that came to, like, just one being used to, like, eight-directional movement for oh. controls. Yeah. Um, and at least to me, it felt that the original Zelda is a lot more um, confined. Like, the rooms feel a lot smaller than um, Link to the Past. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of them are, but like everything felt just like tighter. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, it's got everything's got to squeeze on a screen. That's all you got, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Some some rooms with multiple enemies in it are just like some of those rooms, like going to get the flute in the fifth dungeon with all the dark nuts. 
I mean, that, that to me, that was like the bane of my childhood. Like, I, I still remember that fifth dungeon and trying to get the flute. I mean, that, you know, and when I, when I play it now, it's not, it's not hard. I mean, I can do it really easily. And, and something that Pam brought up, and I wanted to read her quote because I really liked it. It was on the thread. Uh, she said that one thing I don't like, which is, which isn't Zelda specific, rather a complaint I have about a lot of retro games is all the secrets. I think secrets can be well done, but imagining playing this in the 80s, trying to blow up random walls and somehow finding out you need to burn the fifth bush from the right with a candle just seems ridiculous. I looked up a walkthrough and picked up extra heart containers and the blue ring. With those things, the dungeons have not been very difficult. However, without them, I would have probably been quite tough. The idea of completely missing upgrades and items because they're very difficult to find bothers me. And I think she's got a point. Um, But I, you know, I, I know... Duke and I we were talking about playing this this one, and we talked about playing the second quest. One of the, um, I guess, one of the things that that we do is is we kind you we kind of know like the levels and like where like how many heart containers you know how many hearts you have to have to get the the white sword. We know how to find you know the secrets and the coins to upgrade really quick to get the blue ring. You know even before we go in the first dungeon, and um, so that makes it. It does make it a lot easier uh, of a game when you can find these things early in these secrets. And having said that, I mean, that's something that's developed over time. I mean, you know, it, it took us months and months as kids to beat this game. Well, I think that's probably the important point to keep in mind. I mean, these are the not, you know, these days I'm going to bet Pam or some of you guys probably have like a million Steam games sitting in your library that you, anytime you want to just go move on to something else, you can. At this time, no, you, that was it. You had this game (laughs) and you were going to own it and you weren't going to get another one until like maybe months from now when the next holiday rolled around or something. And so you wanted something not like Jaws, which would you'd be over with in a minute. And you'd be like, (laughs) crap, now what do I do? I guess I have to go outside. You would want something that was. (laughs) No, the sun. Yeah, I mean, you'd want something that was really, really long that yeah. you could play a lot because you got your money's worth out of it and you yeah. knew you weren't getting anything else. Yeah. So it's not like it is these days where you just go like, man, let me churn and burn this new game because I've got like 16 million more on my backlog. Yeah. It just wasn't yeah. like that. No, that's totally fair. I even remember when I was a kid with an NES and I had uh Oh my God! We've talked about it before. Uh, even Chris, when I was on when I was on your show about uh, Athena, what a yeah. what a horrible game that was. But I, <laughs> yeah, that's an awful I had game. Super Mario Brothers and Athena. <laughs> like those <laughs> so, were the games I had to play. So you played the <laughs> out of Athena, didn't you? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's right. You did, and you so loved it. It wasn't like oh, uh, Legend of Zelda isn't uh, you know quenching my thirst within thirty seconds. Let me look up a walkthrough. That it, you, I'm totally with you. It was not like that at all. <laughs> I'm playing Athena. I'm gonna beat people up with a big golf club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, not great. But uh, as when that's what you had, you enjoyed it and you made yep. the most out of yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. I still want to be at Athena. <laughs> oh, community playthrough. <laughs> Athena. Oh, oh, man, I might have brutal. to save state that one. I might have to save state that one. We'll, we'll do that one right after the fact Santa do playthrough. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but, uh, um, 
one one thing I liked about this game, and I did want to mention really quick, is that I feel like the NPCs are are really helpful in this game. Um, they're they're not as vague as the ones in Simon's Quest, <laughs> if I can say that. But they they do tend to be kind of helpful. They're they're a little cryptic sometimes, but um, you know you can actually pay for information, which which is very helpful. So when they're not speaking Japanese, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, I'm glad I remembered everything because I would have been screwed. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, Floyd, you mentioned something about the um, the difficulty in the game, and um, I know some other people did about. Um, and and I just wanted to talk about like the some some people mentioned it was sort of a gradual difficulty, and some people say it's sort of like a large spike at some point in the game. Um, did you did you kind of run across that, or did you think it was you know fairly even kill? Uh, it's a pretty gradual, like, difficulty curve, uh, except, like, with the exception of a few rooms, mm-hmm. uh, like you mentioned, the, uh, the Darknut rooms, mm-hmm. um, but other than that, it's, it's pretty gradual, and it's sort of like you get better as the game goes on, so it doesn't feel like it's getting significantly harder. It is noticeably more difficult the further you go, mm-hmm. but it's not like, you don't get to a point where it's just, like, impossible. Yeah, yeah. The um, from what I remember from you know the game, the fifth and sixth dungeons are where the uh, the difficulty sort of peaks there, pretty pretty hard. But it it then after like the sixth dungeon, because I think and correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, but the sixth dungeons where the uh, the whiz robes appear. Oh, whiz robes. Yeah. Oh, like the whole stinking thing. It's just whiz robes, whiz robes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they're the worst. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but um, after that, it sort of drops again. Like it dips again until you get to uh, uh, Death Mountain. Yeah. Um, so there, it's it's a really kind of um, <laughs> kind of a wave almost that you have to you know kind of get through. But then the difficulty after that sixth dungeon kind of drops again, and uh, you get two more dungeons, and then uh, of course the final dungeon is uh, not insanely difficult to play and get through, but very. Uh, confusing as far as being able to navigate it. Uh, it took me a long time to learn that dungeon and, uh, you what? know, where to go. I think the interesting thing to me, at least, especially this, I've played it so and much, is how you don't really have to do a lot of the stuff in the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah. it's not essential to find all the items at right. all. I mean, like, you don't need the wand at all. You don't need the, the red, Bible at all. The red candle. Um, you don't need the red candle at all, and you don't need the magic key at all. Yeah, so, I used uh, with um, the walkthrough that I used was the same one I used from uh, Link to the Past, which was ZeldaDungeon.net. And when I got to the final dungeon, it said, don't be intimidated by the map here. You won't be going through most of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's designed to be like this horrible maze that you have to try to figure out. But once you know where to go, it's yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it is a horrible maze. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it'll make you pull your hair out for sure. Um, see, I wanted to um, maybe just kind of move on to the music and the sound. Um, as uh, Sean mentioned, Koji Kondo um, did the music for this game. Um, I can't think of more any any sound that's more iconic than that opening like waterfall sequence 
you know, in Zelda and, and that music and that scrolling screen, you know, from the beginning. Mm-hmm. The only uh, other one would be da 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 da. I mean, that's it. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, he wrote yeah. both those things. So. Even not being a huge fan, I can totally agree with you. Yeah. yeah, I would just say the one thing for the music that got annoying to me mm-hmm. was the dungeon music. I, I I felt like I don't know. There's like a, a a term for this where your ear starts picking out certain tones like over and over again, mm-hmm. and I could just hear like monotonously like the like not even the, the not even that the melody itself was getting annoying but i was just picking up certain tones in my ear and brain <laughs> that were just going over and over again oh man but i oh. I, I will say like again I, I said it earlier koji kondo is freaking god as far as uh, you know early uh, video game composition um and that overworld theme is just legendary but yeah, the dungeon theme started to get to me, and that's my only like major criticism of the music. Yeah, I could I could definitely see that. It is it is one of the more repetitive things. It's it's more frantic and sort of droning on and on. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> maybe that's a part of it. Maybe it is supposed to kind of aggravate you, you know. Um, and uh, you know, as far as you know, it being a, you know, fairly difficult game and, um, you know, the, the dungeons are sort of the place where you're going to, uh, go get the Triforce and the more menacing places on the map. And so I, I think the music in there is, you know, is, is, is adequate, but, uh, I, I can, I can clearly understand your complaints on, uh, on that. So how about you, Floyd? Any thoughts on the music? Like dungeon music, since we're kind of talking about that now, I think it's appropriate. Um, but like I, I do have to agree with both of you. Yeah. Um, but I get like Zelda's just so um, legendary. I guess you know, pun intended. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just it, like it's a very important game in in like it, an important series in like the history of games, and so of course it's going to have amazing music. I think. It would be totally different and probably not as good if the music wasn't as memorable and as as epic. Yep. Um, I guess I, I didn't want to go talking about like too many of the bosses. I mean, they're kind of um, standard fare, especially when you get used to playing the game. Um, do you guys have any more thoughts on the, the game before uh, Duke and I talk about the second quest? Is there anything that you guys wanted to talk about? No, the one thing I I kind of noticed as I was playing and it was even like it, again when you're playing a game with a walkthrough for a game that's thirty years old, like you know, the, even though the person writing the walkthrough will say, "I don't know why they did this," but like some of the later bosses were just iterations of like the first dungeon boss mm-hmm. where you only have to hit him like twice and he's done. Like the the difficult the difficulty spikes on the bosses were very erratic, and mm-hmm. again, you guys know the names of everything better than I do. But that like one uh, dragon that just shoots like a three way spread shot at you, and it's like Are you oh, you just about have to Aquamentus. Hit Aquamentus, yes. Yeah, I guess, <laughs> and it's just like the boss at the oh, end of the first uh, dungeon. Yep. 
Yeah, but he's at the end of the first, but then he's at the end of the, like the eighth or whatever, and yeah. it's like you just have to hit him twice, and it's over, and it's right. <laughs> why did they just stick him in at the end, of, like near the end of the game? Yeah, but no, that's I, I think, and yeah. I thought it was kind of cool having um, uh, the bosses uh, like. You know, there's the one where you you can beat it with one bomb if you time it right. There's the one where you can, you know, the rhinoceros things where you Dundagus, put the bombs yep. in their mouth. Yeah, yep. and that, like again, this is what I was talking about earlier, where the the game is like way ahead of its time, of course, and um, even the boss battles are were like kind of like you know that kind of took me by surprise where i thought like oh this isn't just some mm-hmm. bs like garbage nes game like they really this is really like the magic of the nintendo entertainment system with the original legend of zelda this is what everybody's talking about this is really cool like what they did you know it's way ahead of its time yeah so yeah you do see a lot of the bosses like appear Later in the game, like you said, and you, you kind of, you know, like you said, one of them, uh, Aquamentus is guarding a piece of Triforce in one of the later dungeons. And uh, it, it's sort of meant to be a sort of a reprieve because you, a lot of the later dungeons become, become these sort of like boss gauntlets where you're fighting these bosses multiple times. Some of them yeah. even have, um, you know, four bosses in them, um, you yeah. know, but as you learn to beat these bosses and, um you know, the methods to beat them, it, it's, you know, sort of like a reward for um, uh, having that knowledge, I guess you could say. Yeah, and, and I and did, them- like, beating that one boss with one bomb, the one that's like a f- like four flowers or what? Yeah, yeah. And handler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, reading in the walkthrough, like, oh, if you get your timing right, you can beat it with one bomb. And then, like, actually doing that was, like, kind of cool. Yeah, it does feel know? good. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> your old heads explode at one time. It's, it's pretty yep. great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. But yeah, I think that some of those, like you're talking about, was just that the the level itself was the real challenge. So by the time you get to the boss, it's like, yeah, all right. Well, you've probably beaten the crap out of you. So here's a boss that's not too hard. You know. Yeah. 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 Exactly. All right. So, shall we talk about the second quest? Right. All right. So if some of you out there didn't know, um, Zelda is comprised not only of the first quest, but of a second quest where you have to go back through the game uh, and beat it a second time. Things are different. We'll talk about those differences, obviously. Um, Duke and I will. Um, And if, you know, I just feel like Jerry Greenwood said it best, and I wanted to quote him here, and he said, If you consider the year that Legend of Zelda was released... The second quest is probably the greatest Easter egg slash bonus slash extra slash secret in video game history. Um, it, it was, it, it's amazing to me growing up, and I never really played the second quest a lot. This was the first time I decided I'm going to sit down and I'm going to beat this second quest. That was a big reason I picked this game because it's something that was sort of on my bucket list. I figured, you know, everyone loved playing Legend of Zelda and beating it the first time. To me, that's like riding a bike. You know, I can, you know, that that's it's super easy for me because I remember these things so well. But the second quest is something that I've 
never sat down and played and never um, really put a, a great effort into doing. Now, now, Duke, have you? Oh, yeah. Like I said, I had this, um, and I had it without a whole lot else to play at the time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, because once you beat the second quest, it just starts you back over the second quest again. Yep. So you can just keep doing it over and over and over. And, and I did. So, you know, I would say, you know, this is like the first instance that I can think of of basically like New Game Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I read, the idea was that they had developed the game for the disk system, and there was so much extra space on a disk, they realized they had all this extra space, and they're like, well, let's just you know, wow. spice it up and add more stuff. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, they use the same, um, they use the same map, same outworld map, but, uh, boy, are there some differences in this first and second quest? Um, first of all, I just want to mention you, there's two ways to get to the second quest. One, uh, which is beating the game, uh, and then pressing start <laughs> that puts you on the second quest. You'll know, um, in your save mode, because your little Link figure will have a sword in his hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the second way is a way I'm sure we all found out about through Nintendo Power, or just by pure dumb luck, was using the name Zelda um, as your username. And that takes you automatically to the second quest. Yeah, and that actually works on the Famicom version, too. Does it really? So oh, can, good to know. Yeah. So you want to start talking about a little bit of the differences? I have a list of ten differences here. And so uh, I don't know how you want to go about this. If you want to maybe name one and then I'll name one. We'll see how many we can come up with. Sure. I think the first one I can think of is even though the overworld map itself is the same, all of the locations of everything are all scrambled up and not the same secret bushes or things. Yep. A few of them are still there, but they've kind of scrambled everything up. Uh, on the overworld maps, you have to find things all over again. Like, oh, where where's the letter this time? I don't know. You know. Yep, yep. And even the the dungeons are mixed up in different places, right? They're not yeah, in the same the overworld place. heart containers. You got to find where they're at now, and yeah, magic sword. Everything's in a different place. Yep. Yeah, so it totally makes you explore the world again. Yep. Um, the second one I had was that dungeons are entirely restructured. So they are completely changed. I mean, they're not the same shape as they were before. And um, I don't know, maybe some people don't know this, but uh, the um, it's it's not in order, but the dungeons, um, at least five of the dungeons spell out the name Zelda. Mm-hmm. So yep, um, that's true. it's really kind of a neat kind of little touch, you know, kind of a little Easter egg in there. But uh, yeah, dungeons completely different and restructured. Yeah, um... Uh, kind of talking about secrets too, is that something you have to learn on the second quest is that the flute is used on some overworld yep. and other screens to activate secrets, which was not at all that way in the first quest. That's right. That's right. You can actually blow on the flute and instead of the, uh, the tornado that comes to like sweep you up, um, a, um, stairs will appear. Mm-hmm. And so you can go down those and find secrets. And so it's just a new, um, I don't know, just a, just a new uh, method to, uh, instead of just burning bushes and pushing rocks and things like that, um, to uh, find secrets in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things you'll notice is that the dungeon enemies are tougher. Um, a lot of them are. Um, first quest, uh, enemies, um, later enemies appear earlier, like Dark Knots appear, I think, on level two. <laughs> and then... Yeah. Uh, 
your your skeletons actually throw swords. They don't just walk around. And your ropes, I think, are they, they're glowing. I don't know if they do anything different. I think they may be a little faster, uh, yeah, a little quicker. They, uh, flicker. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So they flicker, and they're a lot quicker on this. All right. Um. Uh, obviously, the the order of the items that you find in the dungeons yep. is totally scrambled around. So you like find the flute, I think like in the second dungeon, second dungeon I mean, you do. Yep. Um, so the order in which the items appear have been totally rearranged. And that of course reflects on how you need to approach to find some of the dungeons later. Yep. Yep. Um, something else I had down was that Triforce pieces are not always located in the next room after the final boss. That's sometimes true. you have to keep battling and go through rooms. Sometimes you have to even go through secret rooms. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, it's a little bit different. I mean, it's a lot different. You're not just going to waltz into the room and pick up the Triforce after that last boss. You may still have a little bit more fighting left to go. So, Yeah, and in the second quest, instead of just being able to blow up walls in the dungeons some of them you can just push your way right through yep so they're just secret walls you can walk through yep uh and some of them are are used to get to items that might even be after the triforce piece that's true yep um and just to to mention that and add on to that there's uh trap doors too which leads you to have to backtrack some doors will shut and there's no way to there's nothing to push some a lot in the first quest you could either push something or you could kill all the enemies and go to that room again no you're sealed off you can't go back and the same thing with the um uh the secret walls the ones that you can just walk through sometimes you can't go the opposite way through Uh those so Uh yep uh, in this one, the order of dungeons is much more open than the first one. I um, mean, in the fact that you can go to like level seven and some of these like really early. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you wanted to go after the magic key, you can do it fairly early instead of having to go through some of the other things. So um, the order which you go through things is a lot more open. Yep. Yep. Um, you no longer have the correct amount of keys for each dungeon. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So some dungeons, um, especially the earlier ones, you can leave with a surplus of keys. Usually in the first round, um, in the first quest, you know, you would have, um, you always had the right amount of keys for each dungeon, right? Um, uh-huh. With the second quest, not so much. You get more keys in some dungeons. You don't have enough in other dungeons. Um, but one thing to... Um, report that I can report is I actually never had to buy any keys with the second quest. You can actually make it through without buying keys. Someone said, I can't remember who it was in chat, that, well, that's why they have keys in this game. It's why they sell them because you have to have them in the second quest. It's not true. not true. You don't have yeah. to. They're they're there, but they're a lot harder um, to find. A lot harder to or get if, to. Or if you know where to go, you can get the magic key really early. Yep. <laughs> and then not worry about keys at all. Yep. Alright. Um, I would piggyback on that and say that in the dungeons, they're mean in that they give you some doors that require keys that there's nothing good behind it. Yep. <laughs> you just wasted a key. Yep. They're really mean. Um, and then, um, I will point out also, uh, with that, uh, just in the meanness of the second quest, uh, dungeon seven as a specific, um, ugh, headache. Um, I didn't know about it, but I, I was lucky enough to have enough rupees. There are, oh, yes. two, there are two rooms in Dungeon 7, and uh-huh. um, Sean and Floyd, when you hear this, you're going to be like, wow, this is just, 
a total like f you to the gamers. Yep. There's two rooms that you walk in, and the the old man appears, and the doors are locked. You have two choices. You could pay 100 rupees, or you lose a heart container. Lose a heart <laughs> container. What? And there's two rooms in the same dungeon. Yeah. You have to pay give with up a heart money container. Money or your life is what he yep. says. Money or your life. <laughs> yep. That's right. It's, That's brutal. It's very mean. Dude, it's, it's brutal. Mean. It is so brutal. Luckily, I just, I think one time I had like, like the second time, I, I did it the first time, I was like, wow, I'm glad I had that. And then I walked into like two rooms later and I'm like, holy crap, are you kidding me? You gotta be kidding And me. I wasn't using a walkthrough, but after that second room, I'm like, my God, I can't do this again. I gotta look at a dungeon map for this uh, just to make sure I don't walk into it again. Uh, but yeah. Uh, it happens twice, and I think I had like 102 hearts or 102 rupees uh, when I walked into that second room. So yeah, barely always carry at least 100 rupees with you. Yeah. Um, uh, do you have anything else? I've got one more thing. Um, that's quite a no, bit, though. I can't. I can't think. Uh, can't think of any more offhand. So go for it. All right. Uh, the other one is. Um, there are movable, new movable block formations. So there's new block uh, formations yeah, yeah. in the rooms, and there's blocks that can be moved that you've never had to like move before. And and you could have a room with like twenty plus blocks in it, and then one will move, and it's just random. <laughs> it's just oh, and I thought of one more. Okay, the little statues that you usually just see in the first room are now in other rooms, and they'll shoot at you. <laughs> it's. And sometimes there are like four in the corners plus a lot of other. Those are in the second quest, the first quest as well, because you get the rooms with the guys that throw the little boomerangs and stuff in the beginning, right? And they have the little statues in the corner. There's ones that shoot at you. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, I think that's in the first quest too, because you have to go get. Because I know the room that you get the magical boomerang in, in the uh, in the first quest, you have to run in that room while they're throwing boomerangs around, and they're firing bullets at you because I, I remember I would just use my sword and just like throw it into the room and back and you can go back into the doorway and just kind of hide and nothing can hit you if you go if you don't go far enough if so then they do it a whole lot more in the second yes, quest they do. oh and multiple bosses in the same room <laughs> right you'd run into those three Dodongo rooms uh huh and you're like I hope you have bombs yep yep damn yeah, there's several of those. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, a lot of Dodongos in the second quest. Uh, lots of them. So you better buy those bomb upgrades or you're in trouble. Oh, all right. Yeah. So I think I think that's pretty much it. I mean, do you have anything that, I mean, I, I just want to talk just briefly about my experience. This was, it was incredible for me. I mean, um, just, just beating the second quest. I mean, it really, to me, it felt like I had completed the game. Um I, and, and that's a question we could get into. I mean, is, you know, do you feel like this game, someone's actually completed or beaten this game by only beating the first quest? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, after, case closed. Thank after, you. After, I beat the game. <laughs> after hearing all those differences, you're like, there's no way I'm going to play this. <laughs> well, I think I, I texted you, like, yeah. the second quest can kiss my rosy cheeks. Like, I'm, <laughs> I, I, beat the, I beat the game, dudes. Uh, like, it's over. Yeah. Case closed. Well, you know, I mean, and, and I'll, I'll give you that because, uh, and the reason I will is because I always, as a kid, beating it, and, and if anybody beat that first quest as a kid, 
I mean, it was like, oh, you beat the game. You know, everybody's like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I beat that game, you know? And so no one played the second quest. It was just something that was kind of an addition, you know, kind of an add-on. Oh, you can play it if you want to. If you if you want to go mentally insane, you're welcome to play it, like our buddy Duke here did. Um, <laughs> it's, it's all you had. <laughs> it's all that, man. I know. Is that like Star Voyager or Rad Racer for the, you know, no. <laughs> wow. Well, that's no. that's true. I mean, and if you think Square about like Enix's own Rad Racer, <laughs> yeah, that's right, Rad Racer. So bad. And once you can beat Rad Racer, and what are you gonna do with it? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, and even um, we we've discussed this before, I think. But just with terms of inflation and money, we were still paying sixty dollars a game back then for games. You know, it wasn't. Oh yeah, it, they were the same price as they are now, and and that's. That's that's one of the things that's so daunting. It just makes you shake your head, and that's why, you know, kids didn't have a lot of games. If your kids, if your friends had a lot of games, they probably had a lot of money, and you were hanging out at their house a lot. <laughs> well, we're not even talking about Super Nintendo days, where you'd have ninety dollar cartridges. That's true. In yep. in nineties money. Yes. You know what I mean? Yep. That's true. Um, yeah, people have no room to complain now. I don't think, especially when everybody's buying like sixteen million games for a dollar on Humble Bundle. <laughs> So, um, now I, you know, I think, uh, these days, if you've beaten the first quest, yeah, I'll give you credit. I mean, back then, nah, hey, come on, you need to beat both of them (laughs) because what else were you playing? Right. So yeah. Athena. (laughs) I never beat God almighty. Never beat Athena. Uh, Duke, do you want to hear that tune uh, in my head every time somebody says Athena? I hear the now. Now I'm expecting Floyd to edit that in. (laughs) I will. I'm sorry, Floyd. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, The music, just so we can hear it. Um, But uh, I know you played on the Famicom. Were any special differences besides the languages that you noted? Um, really the only difference is, um, the intro music, Mm -hmm. um, has an extra sound channel. I I think it does sound better. The ending music is different. Mm. Um, the book in the NES version is called the Bible in this one. Okay. Which Hmm. makes sense because it has a freaking cross on it. It does. Hello. Uh, it's not just a book. It's a Bible. Um, and there's a couple sound effect differences. So, like, when you shoot your sword, it's a different sound. Oh, okay. And the bosses make a different sound. Huh. Other than that, it's the exact same game. Except you have to load. There's loading times, you know. Yep. Yep. All right. Um, let's talk a little bit about whether this game is an RPG. I know I mentioned it Uh I think nope. Duke and I uh, talked a little bit, and we're probably going to butt heads on this one. And Sean's saying no. All right, we'll let you go first. <laughs> yeah. Why not an RPG? For me? Yeah. yeah. No, I because um, there's no leveling. And I, I, I talked about this when we played Link to the Past and um, how it, the enemies are uh, – inconsequential unless you're grinding for rupees grinding for bombs Mm -hmm. uh you could just ignore them or where in an rpg it's mathematical you have to beat so many uh enemies to gain xp and level up there's no levels in this game um i don't consider it an rpg i don't consider any of the zelda games to be rpgs because 
uh, because of that, they don't have that, you know, mathematical leveling system. Okay. I disagree to an extent. Um, and, and this would be, I think, I, I understand what you're saying, and this is maybe comparing apples to oranges. I think it is a little bit mathematical, and it does have a leveling system. I think that each dungeon you get a heart container. And I feel like that's a leveling. It, now, it doesn't have a sense in the classic RPG of, you know, you, you kill so many enemies, you get so many stat points, and then that causes you to level. Um, and and I, I get that. it's It doesn't have that uh, Dungeons & Dragons sort of element to it, you know, where, where our RPGs mainly come from, you know, that idea. But you do gain, gain heart containers, which gives you more life and more health. Um, you are able to upgrade certain pieces of equipment, you know, namely your sword, which as you go through the game, the higher level your sword, the less hits things take. Um, but you don't with the sword. upgrade your sword, you get different swords. Yeah, well, that, what's the <laughs> difference in upgrading and getting a different sword? There's a big difference. You're not upgrading it, you're getting a different sword. It's an item, not an upgrade. Yeah. Uh. I mean, you wouldn't call well, yeah, Super Mario. You wouldn't call Super Mario Brothers an, an RPG because you get a flower and now you can shoot fireballs. It's an item, right? Oh, right. checkmate! <laughs> Close. <laughs> no, I mean, but it is. But it is. I mean, but it continually. You don't lose that. You know, it. It. it it's sort of like leveling up and getting stronger. You know, as you get that, and things take less hits. I, I feel like it has a lot of RPG elements. In yeah. it. Um, and now, I, I think Rich, it could be argued gotta, either way. Yeah. I gotta, I, I gotta jump in with you. Like, uh, I'm, I'm sticking with. Come what on I over said here, Sean. The, no, no, I, <laughs> I'm sticking with what I said that it's not an RPG, but there are. It's almost like um, Illusion of Gaia, which we played a, a couple months ago. Yep. Like, um, there's elements there that level you up, like you're saying, like. Yeah, you get that sword, then you get the master sword, then you get the whatever, super sword or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) The white sword and the master sword, yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Like, there are certain things that level up. I I just think, to me, uh, what we would call an RPG in, in, you know, Western civilization, what we call an RPG... And we could go over the history of it, how it went back and forth from the east to the west and everything... There's no like leveling system for Link. He's just running around, uh, killing things with his sword. It's an action adventure game. It's not an RPG. Mm-hmm. So. I would say even when you look at the NES, even a game like Rygar is more RPG-like than Zelda. Yeah, yeah. Because at least there's some sort of experience system to it right you, and you get more power more enemies you kill yeah so there yeah. is an experience system and that. and i'll have to say this nintendo itself calls this an adventure game yeah it's, it's in the adventure Part series the adventure on the series yeah i knew you were gonna say only that. because they didn't have an rpg series <laughs> they are they, they could have made true. whatever they wanted <laughs> nobody nintendo. knew what an rpg was back then <laughs> they didn't dragon Until quest was a dragon thing. warrior wizardry yeah. was a thing yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Listen, I got to tell you, when I was playing Dragon Warrior 1 that I got with my Nintendo Power subscription, I did not know that that was an RPG or what that <laughs> was, sure the like time, what that yeah. meant, you yeah. know what I mean, when I was a, you know, 10-year-old kid or whatever. So, yeah, but now looking at it, I, I, I don't think uh, Zelda is a uh, RPG series it's an action adventure yeah totally not an rpg yeah agree to disagree (laughs) (laughs) floyd it's it's always been an adventure game uh or an action game for me but i i totally see where where rich is coming from in his sort of uh point of view because there is like you do uh you do upgrade you do kind of in a way gain a level um but you know it you put if you, you ask get, me, I'd say you get better armor. Yeah, like you do. You do upgrade your your character, and that is, you know, you don't a upgrade. Key. You get items, which upgrade. You get you. items that which no. uh, exactly. Oh, <laughs> damn. <laughs> the fire flower is not an RGB element. RPG, you know, it's uh, an item that you get that you can lose. That doesn't make it a... You can lose your shield because a like-like eats it. Does that mean it's not an RPG now? But it's not an upgrade. It doesn't It doesn't affect, it doesn't affect how, <laughs> Yo, how much damage you give or how much damage you take. It doesn't affect that in any way. It just blocks it affects, things. It's an item. Yeah. But that affects damage. <laughs> it's not an upgrade. It's an item. It's, you don't like it because you can lose it, so now suddenly it's not an upgrade. It's not an upgrade. What is an upgrade? <laughs> it only it only blocks like certain types of projectiles. Ma- That's not can, an upgrade. It makes your shield better, but it doesn't. You can't block Wizrobe bolts without it, or. But it doesn't improve your stats in any way. There is no stats. Uh, I would argue that they are, but they're just hidden in the game, in the code. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess in a way, your hearts with, are stats, where does right? Come up with this stuff. <laughs> uh, listeners, back me up here, please. Yeah. <laughs> Just come to the ARP, come to the ARP Generation forums to argue this point, and tell me how brilliant I am. I would say I, I, I see where you're coming from, but Thanks, for me, boy. it's it's an action game. That's why you're my favorite. Uh, may, maybe maybe there's one stat, and that's your hearts, and that's that's about it. Which are also items that you get, um, <laughs> and you can totally skip. They're not required. You don't get them by killing the boss. You have to pick them up. They're That's an item. true. You could do a challenge run. No hearts. No <laughs> <Absolutely>. sword. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can beat the game without the sword. That's true. I've seen it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, I would say seeing Breath of the Wild, I think this might be the first time that I'm going to go, Zelda may become an RPG. Hmm. Okay. How many of you will be purchasing Breath of the Wild? I'm curious Pre-ordered to hear about this. Already. Uh, yeah. Sean, Wait, Wii what? U, baby. Yeah. Sean, I know you don't have a Wii U, or no, I don't. But I, I I'm still looking for um, Skyward Sword. Like I, it, I, I try to get every Zelda game, every first party Nintendo game in my collection, and I'm still looking for Skyward Sword. But if I get a Wii U or an NX, Breath of the Wild is going to be in my radar for sure. Skyward Sword got it for ten bucks at a pawn Damn. shop. About two nice. weeks, about two weeks after it came out, wow! And they had a, they had, um, I believe they had a few copies of it because uh, they were trying to get rid of those quick. 
They bought them and they and wanted to get them. And you didn't hook your friends up. <laughs> <laughs> Jerk. I think I was running like, hey cash. guys, I got you guys some Skyward Swords, but no. Well, they didn't have manuals. <laughs> that was the caveat, so I'm sure. For ten bucks. Yeah. Sure did. Got the mm. Donkey Kong game, too. Tropical Freeze? No. The, uh, the oh, old. that's right. You don't have the Wii U. No. It's the old one. Yeah. The new Donkey Kong Country. Does I, do Donkey any of you guys, except Konga. for me, have a Wii U? I do not. Floyd does. I've got one. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So Floyd's on board, right? I'm I'm on board. I'll I'll pro- I'm I'm definitely going to be pre-ordering this. Um, like I, I'm really looking forward to Breath of the Wild. Um, yeah, I think it's maybe maybe Chris is right. Maybe this is going to be the first sort of like RPG esque Zelda, and that that will be really cool. Yeah, it's the, it's the dark solization of Zelda, and I embrace oh, stop. it. No, <laughs> no, seriously, it's the, sh- it's the shadow of the Colossus of Zelda's. Is what it is. I can draw a lot no, of parallels. Wait, so, so if you have Zelda. climbing, no, it's the can, then your game is Shadow of the Colossus. No, I can draw a lot of parallels to what I've seen so far. Trust me, it's the Frogger of Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Pitfall of Zelda. <laughs> I'm telling you. Different weapons, the weapons can break, there's a stamina meter, I'm telling you. Yep. Just like, Different equipment that you can put on. Just like the River the Raid of Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> we shall see, my friends. Yeah. Alright. Uh, before we get too off the wall, <laughs> maybe we've already entered that area. Uh, Sean, why don't you tell us what we're playing in September? All right, so for a while I've been kind of kicking around the idea of doing a Lego game. And uh, for September, I picked Lego Batman 2, which is on every platform imaginable to man. And I have already played it on uh, Xbox 360 and the Nintendo DS. And... I had a really good time with both games, and um, I kind of picked this game because I collect these games because my wife is a, a huge fan of every single Lego game, and, and by that I mean the Traveler's Tales, like modern Lego games. Um, and we we try. I tried to play it with her a little bit. She didn't really like it, but I went on. I went ahead and finished it, and um, I would encourage everybody to pick up a copy it's very cheap on every single platform known to man (laughs) like (laughs) i said earlier and uh it's cool because we're kind of uh i'm I'm already discussing like the version differences with people on the forums at rfgeneration.com uh as far as like this game has like kind of open world elements and it has like all the DC universe superheroes in it and it's a very interesting game and it's very interesting that Traveler's Tales developed all these different versions for it but um it's a fun fun game if you played Lego Star Wars Lego Indiana Jones you should uh log on and check this one out it's a really cool game cool now now let me ask a question real quick yeah. Your character in Lego Batman, like the other Lego games, you can get more hearts. Is that correct? Well, when you say hearts, like your life bar is hearts, but right. y- you have no penalty for dying whatsoever. No, but can, can you get more of them as you play the game? 
Mm, no, like I don't think that's a big uh, factor. I was just trying to draw any kind of parallel at all between Zelda and this. Oh. I just noticed. <laughs> I, I, I'm just trying to say. I mean, I noticed that in that game, like you have hearts. I was just kind of curious if there was any. Well, that's what's at all. actually. I'm I'm glad you brought that up. Like one of the cool things about uh, the Lego games and Lego Batman Two that I tried to kind of uh, foist upon our. Uh, members and our listeners is that this is a really good couch co-op game and we we talk a lot about how couch co-op is kind of falling to the wayside it's dying everything is online gaming but um you know the modern traveler's tales lego games are really good and and it's funny because i tried to get my wife to play lego batman 2 and she played it with me for a little while. Didn't really like it, right? So I went and finished it myself. Um, and she started playing Lego Harry Potter and was really into it. And I didn't really like that game. But I went in and she was playing it this evening. And I went in and just kind of jumped in with her and played it with, with her for a couple minutes. And it's an amazing, like... You can just jump in, jump out, like couch co-op kind of game. So if you're into that kind of stuff and if you're the kind of person who's going to cry about how there's no couch co-op games out there, <laughs> you're, you know, you're you're missing out if you're not playing these Traveler's Tales modern Lego games. So very, very check us cool. out. Very cool. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to get started on that one. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Uh um, Floyd, Sean, once again, appreciate it. Good show. And uh, big thanks to uh, Duke from the Collector Cast. If you want to plug your show, you're welcome to. Yeah, well, first off, I want to say thanks to all you guys very much for taking the time to have me on. It was very nice for you to invite me back. Uh, I'm sure I'm uh, <laughs> uh, welcome here, uh, and uh, I really appreciate that. That does mean a lot. Of Absolutely. Enjoy Enjoy listening to you guys every month yeah. and uh, playing and sneaking in when I can. Uh, but you guys, I give it to you. You know, um, I don't know if I could, you know, I do our show. I don't know if I could do like a playthrough every month sort of thing like you guys do. So sometimes, you, sometimes you're embracing games that are not in your wheelhouse at all and you're doing it anyway and going with it. You're better sports than I would be. <laughs> so uh, hats off to you. Um, for those that don't know that may not listen, uh you know, uh, myself as along with, um, buddies, Bill and Krabby, uh, we do, uh, a mostly monthly show. It's been a little tougher here lately. Krabby's moving and all this other stuff, but, uh, we do a, a monthly show called the collector cast where we, uh, talk about, I don't know about everything. Um, mostly centered around, of course, gaming and game collecting. So, um, you can find us a little bit everywhere. Search for collector cast, uh, and I'm sure we'll come right up. So thanks for having me on guys. Cool. Thank you. Appreciate it. up another edition of the rf generation playcast thanks again for listening and an extra special thanks to duke togo for joining us and also to everyone who participated in the playthrough and joined us on the forum at rfgeneration.com 
Be sure to check out Duke Togo every month on the RF Generation Collector Cast. In September, I will be hosting Traveler's Tales Lego Batman 2, which is available on every platform known to man. <laughs> Log on to rfgeneration.com to join the discussion about this open world superhero adventure. Thank you as always for listening, and we'll see you next time on the RF Generation Playcast. Thank <laughs> you.